Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe in Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9920. 23 and enter the pin 287-723-4600 followed by the pound key twice and now your hosts chris devon perry lester sean platts robert herrick and bill sparks well a very good evening to you and welcome to sports lounge live what show number is this chris One thirty. And uh, they're piling up. And uh, it is February 9th, 2021. And uh, we have, we will, of course, we'll be talking about the Super Bowl. We're going to be, uh, Rick Swan is here with us and uh, our football guy. And he'll throw in other, other things, too. And uh, he's with us as well. So uh, we're going to go around the panel as we normally do. I'll give you the death list, and then we'll do that. Uh, our agenda is, of course, <clears throat> the NFL, the Super Bowl in particular, but uh, where would where do we stand at the end of the, the season and how do things look Hall for next year? Hall of Famers, yeah, we got the list of the Hall of Famers. Uh, then we've, we're going to go to the baseball, more signings. Uh, we will go, and we now, uh, they've firmed up the rules changes. The truck left Fenway Park yesterday for Florida. They used to, <laughs> Eddie Andelman used to do this thing about how can you, he said, I could drive a truck to Florida in about a day and a half. Why does it take them a week to get to Florida? You know, he was always uh, wondering about that, or it seems to anyway. So, But uh, they, the truck left yesterday, so I guess it's real. They're, they always leave the day after the Super Bowl, so I guess we're really going to have spring training at least, and then we'll see what happens after that. <clears throat> so we'll do the baseball. We'll do uh, the NBA, a little college basketball. The women's tournament has been firmed up as to where it's going to be. Uh, we've got hockey. And uh, so let me do the uh, death list, so that, and we'll do those at the end after the poll question. Sean will tell you about what the poll question is. And we have a, a highlight. We have the, the streaker from the Super Bowl, as called by the inimitable Kevin Harlan uh, in a little while when we, uh, at some point during our uh, discussion of the Super Bowl. So anyway, the death list, we have Wayne Terwilliger. He, uh, he was a second baseman, uh, and then he was a 95 years old and player and coach, and a lot of coaching and, uh, you know, minor league managing. Bob McAllister, 86, uh, and he was a golfer, a PGA golfer. Uh, Tony Trabert, 90 years old and tennis uh, player, you know, and, of course, a longtime tennis broadcaster with CBS. Jim Weatherly. Uh, he was a Mississippi quarterback and a songwriter, and we'll talk about that. He had quite a career, uh, more known for his music than for his football. Uh, Charlie uh, Kruger, defensive tackle for the, he was 84 years old for the San Francisco 49ers. Josh Evans, def- another defensive tackle at 48 years old for uh, Houston and Tennessee, aka the Oilers, Titans, all that. Uh, Lou Hill, 56, the head coach of the Texas Rio Grande Valley basketball team, and he died as a, as a coach. He's still a coach right now, was a coach, so a sudden death. Uh, Ralph Backstrom, his center in hockey, 83 years old, 
uh, and then uh, maybe the most prominent death. Well, one one of the two prominent deaths, because we're not going to have probably the information on the second one. But Leon Spinks, six, uh, 67 years old, of course, uh, a former heavyweight champion. He and his brother, Michael, of course, did very well. And then uh, Pedro Gomez, a, an ESPN reporter, suddenly died at 56 years old. 58. 58. Okay. Yeah. And and then the last uh, guy that we just found out about today, but we don't have the information from David USF, but maybe he'll call in and do it live, or if not, we'll have it next week, is Marty Schottenheimer. And uh, we could actually, if you want to, we could kind of talk about him right now because, uh, Sean, you were kind of making the point that he, as a coach, uh, kind of got close but never quite got the big one. That's correct. Yeah, you never get over. Remember, it all started with that whole the Ernest Biner deal with Cleveland and Denver. Uh-huh. and uh, Yep. Actually, it started the year before with, with the young way drive. drive. The drive. Yeah, and the, yeah, the drive, drive, and then he had the fumble. You know. Yep, that's right. And in Kansas City, he was there with Montana, and then they ran into Buffalo, and then yep. Yep. even with San Diego with the Patriots when they were 14-2. and two, Yep. And, just, and he, di- he was... He was diagnosed with Alzheimer's in 2014, and he died at the age of 77. So. Yeah. So, okay. So we'll go around the panel and see what's going on. And I guess uh, my thing, and of course we'll be talking more about the Super Bowl in general, but I guess my thing here, I imagine that uh, we were one of the highest rated cities. I would imagine the third market uh, behind uh, Tampa Bay and Kansas Boston was City. number two, actually. Boston yeah. was number they were, two they were higher than Tampa Bay. Well, they're getting yes. jaded. They've been in all these the World Series <laughs> and Stanley Cup finals. But anyway, but I, you know, they had a, a discussion, and I, if I wanted to sit on the phone for an hour and I knew their number, I would have called into the fan yesterday because they were kind of making me mad. They were like, "How could you root for a guy who has left your team?" A lot of times, when people have left our teams here to go places, we have rooted for them because unless they went to the Yankees. Now, when Roger Clemens went to the Yankees, uh, he got polite applause when he went when he went to Toronto. Then he was Roger, got booed and everything when he went to the Yankees. <laughs> then he came back, you know, later on. Now he's, you know, he's. He's well met here again, and, you know, of course, people remember all the stuff he did here. But, I mean, Ray Bork, everybody was so happy for Ray Bork to get the Stanley Cup. Our, at least the way we feel around here, that the team screwed up. If, if the guy doesn't stay, it's kind of like the team's fault. Yeah. We, we yeah. wished the guy well, and everybody here wished Brady well. I, I, and I, I, don't... I have that number memorized, Chris, because I hear it so much, so. And I've yeah. actually called them. So yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying, you know, it's as far as I don't get it. Where they say, "Oh, he's a traitor. He left," and whatever. He took less money a bunch of times to stay here and try to get mm-hmm. talent around. Yep. You know, oh, it's Belichick. Yeah. I think people are blaming Belichick for all of this. So I don't get it. But that's that's kind of the conversation around here. Rick, what's going on with you? Okay, just uh, tying a little bit with that, I want to give a a happy birthday shout-out to the guy that I've said before on the show. I think he's my all-time favorite football player. Friend Tarkington turned 81 last week. and uh, I mean, that's an example. Of course, he was traded, so there was nothing he could do about it. But that's an example. You know, I rooted for him to the end of his career, even though I'd stayed a Giants fan. Sure. Sure. Why not? Hey, okay. Earl Campbell went to the New Orleans Saints. I rooted for him. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Robert, what do you got going? Well, uh, well, let's stay on the football note because I just read the New England Patriots have contacted the Raiders. Uh, they're interested in picking up Marcus Mariota. Sure. Okay. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't stay on the field either, so I don't know. Uh, about well, that. That, that's who Bill apparently would like. 
Well, he, Bill, he gets fascinated. It's funny because you think of him as the straight-ahead guy. He does get fascinated by these uh, these guys that you know might be able to add another dimension, that kind of thing. But then it never seems to work out. You know, who, what's his name? I'm I'm drawing a blank on his name. The the a T, not Tebow. What was his name? The guy that they had. The, the guy that played for the Mets and he played for the. Oh uh, yeah, Tim Tebow. You're right. Tim Tebow. Right. Right. Yeah. Brought him in here and he did, not, he did nothing. So yeah, I don't no. know. These, these things don't tend to work out. So uh, Bill, what's going on with you? Well, just watching a lot of sports, watching the Super Bowl like you guys do, and kind of was rooting halfway for Tampa Bay because it's close here, you know, within 100 yeah. miles. And and that game had a good outcome, and, uh, but, but nothing really strong waiting for spring training. Um, yeah, coming. Uh, keeping that up, a keeping my sp- sports stuff up and just broadcasting and doing what I do. Okay. So, Sean, why don't you uh, tell people... Oh, no, 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 uh, we're forgetting somebody. We got Perry. We're getting the frozen thunder. Perry, Perry. Frozen Perry. Yeah. Oh, how dare I forget yeah. Perry. Gosh, it, it, is, it, is for, it is frozen, too, because we're, <laughs> we're, it's cold here. We're below zero, and we have been every night for, gosh, three or four days. And the, the highest temperature of the next seven is tomorrow, and that high is 12 degrees. Then we go to Valentine's Day on Sunday, and it's going to be negative five. You don't have to go. Don will give you the special dispensation, Perry. You don't have to go out. It's too cold. <laughs> I'll go up with your Valentine. Huh? <laughs> yeah, right. A lot, of, but a lot of you know, a lot of football and and of course college basketball is big. Sad to see Drake have its first loss on Sunday, but hopefully they can keep on keeping on and and get into the tournament and do well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Sean, why don't you tell us about uh, how to get a hold of everybody and uh, the poll question? All right. Well, first of all, like I said, yeah, we got some weather here. It's in the 70s here so but we're going to be in the 20s on thursday and friday and saturday and maybe 18 degrees on friday night saturday yeah. morning so anyway. trying to make us feel but, bad that's not gonna work <laughs> well, yeah yeah but hey, but we're going from 70 to 18 that's a bit of a that's where people get sick down here that's yeah but all right well poll tonight we're finally going to do this poll question that we've been pushing back for well since james so. harden yeah. got traded right since james harden got traded uh Best and worst trades for your team, best oh. and we're going to do that later on. And you can call in for that, or you can call in for anything by downloading the Zoom app or dialing 646-876-9923, then hit 287-723-4600, hit the pound key twice, star nine, uh, raise your hand, alt Y on the computer, more key on the phone, and then when we tell you unmute, we'll work with you on that. And yeah. if you want to leave us any comments throughout the week, if you're listening on the podcast, or even if you're listening live and you don't think about it now, uh, Sports Lounge at allthingsradio.net or 773-572-7715 or 800-693-0595. Is it still option one or are we back to option two? We're not back to option two yet. But it could still, be okay, seen. Well, still on option. Okay, still on option one. But also check throughout the week the sports lounge board seven one two four three two three six four two board nine for all your sports news and scores. And check board thirteen. It's your schedule and schedules as they get updated. Pretty much because you know unless something gets canceled after the sports on TV or whatever. But so uh, pretty close, pretty close to accurate. But. Anyway, uh, I think that's it. But before we get into football, we also want to remind you, this week, NASCAR returns with Daytona. I believe the qualifying is 
Oh well, speed uh, weeks have started started to yesterday, yeah. and they'll yeah, have stuff. Th- they'll have stuff throughout the week. They'll have the the uh, qualifying races on Thursday, and then the race the itself. Clash. Yeah, the race itself be, uh, will be on Sunday afternoon. Florida being yes, Florida, I think there'll be some and fans at, in the uh, stands, and it's right? at two and it's at two thirty Eastern, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be fans. There'll be fans. I want to say I've heard twenty to thirty thousand, twenty twenty thousand because. It seats 160. So. Right. So that's yeah. probably, yeah, that's what Florida is pretty much yeah. 20%. Yeah. yeah. So, well, okay, no, well, no, that's less than 20%. That's like, well, 10%. 160, 32,000 is 120% of 160. So if, right. it, it yeah. depends on how they right. do it. So, anyway, okay, well, I hope nobody bet anything on us because we didn't know what we were talking <laughs> no, about. Uh, we all, no, we all, we all gave you, we all steered you in the wrong direction. We all, we all picked Kansas City. The final score, of course, was Tampa Bay 31 uh, and, uh, Kansas yeah. City nine, Brady threw three touchdowns, two yeah. of them to Gronkowski, and uh, you know so it was a as I said a bad day for Belichick. All all three former Patriots, you know, three former Patriot touchdown passes were caught, and you know it's just it's funny you know Kansas City just they moved the ball all over the place, but they could never get it in. And I thought the turning point might be when when Tampa Bay got down there and went for a fourth and goal and they didn't make it. I figured, okay, Kansas City will come back and now we're going to have a ball game. And they they didn't take advantage of that. So, you know. And it's only, it's the third time that in the Super Bowl, the losing team didn't score a touchdown. Super Bowl six with Miami, Dallas. And of course, a couple of years ago, was New England the Rams. And, uh, yeah, the Rams. Yeah, yep. sorry, Perry. And then, the, then this time it happened. And in a football contest that I'm in, David, the ultimate sports fan, and Jamal were the only two that picked Tampa Bay, and it caused them to jump way up there. And, yeah. Uh, did they? Did they win? Uh, David USF won. Oh, yeah. good for David. He won two. He won a couple of football contests that yep. he was in this year. Okay. So, yeah, so now Brady has his seventh title, and he's moved ahead of you know, of course, Michael Jordan and so forth. So now he's up. I think are there's twenty. He and, and twenty five others have seven or more pro titles in the four major sports. I think Bill Russell has the most with eleven. Yogi's got ten. Yeah, Yogi um, has. 10. You know, a lot of Celtics have about eight or so. You know, different guys. So uh, it's you know they're they're the ones he's competing with now, and uh, you know seven and three in Super Bowls, and and you know. 70, Mahomes, 70%, you know, yeah, Mahomes, you know, it's it's a little bit like looking at it and, and you know, Jack, if, if Jack Nicholas beat Tiger in a, you know, in a, a time travel event or something and you said that gives him, you know, an extra lead, it's kind of going to kind of make it hard for Mahomes. Mahomes, yeah. Mahomes is going to have so much competition to deal with if he's going to have to deal with, uh, you know, Allen and uh, uh, Lamar Jackson and, and uh, Mayfield Deshaun and all Watson, these guys, Deshaun Watson, you know, all these people in the AFC, let alone everything else. It's going to be pretty di- difficult, I think, to, you know, really Brady, what did he have to deal with? Pretty much Manning, you know, was in the AFC and then in, uh, uh, people in the the other side, maybe Breeze or, or Rogers or somebody, Rogers. Could, uh, you know, and, and uh, Favre early on. Favre. But he never had the, the, the number of quarterbacks to deal with. So I think this is going to make it pretty tough. I'm not saying, I would say the three top teams in, in the AFC, and you guys can chime in, see what you guys think. I would think right now, to if you handicapped it, be Kansas City, Buffalo, and uh, let's see, I, I, maybe maybe the Brown. Uh, you know, I go Cleveland, just, yeah. That's, yeah. That's what I say for my three. Well, yeah. Rick, you're the football guy. What do you yeah. think about that? Well, you know, I'm just going to ESPN just come out with their power rankings for next year already. And right now they have, they have Kansas City as number one. Um, they have Buffalo number two. Green Bay three, Tampa Bay four, and the Rams five. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I can see that. I can see how that would make a lot of sense. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would make sense because the Rams now they got Matthew Stafford. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. I didn't do my NFC ones. I, you know, Brady and the, you know, the Rams and the and and uh, Green Bay. Yeah, Green Bay and the Rams and and, uh, Tampa Bay and the NFC. I would think going in. And uh, Chris, do you have Rick's rankings for this? Not yet. We're going to do that after. Why don't we? Why don't we do the? I'll give a chance to uh, chime in on the Super Bowl. Then we'll play the streak. The uh, streak because we have Kevin Harlan doing the streak. We not Ray. It's not Ray Stevens. We're going to have Kevin Harlan do the streak, and then we could do Rick's rankings, and I'll explain that at the time. We forgot to plug them last week, but I know okay. Perry did in the email. Well, I'll explain what that is, and, and Rick okay. invented them, so we'll we'll do that after this thing. But uh, Rick, we'll have some you, other NFL news and notes after we yeah, we're, have, and we're after also And we're also going to talk about Al Davis. And, we uh, are. So and, anyway, and, Rick, what, yeah. all right, well, let's go through and get everybody's thoughts on the game. Rick? Okay, first of all, I thought it was a terrible game. <laughs> I thought, and, and not just the game, I thought CBS's presentation was awful. I uh, it was uh, the, I thought the officiating was pretty bad. And I think that Kansas City, well, they just, I'm mean, like the, you could see some of them, like the punter just choked. I don't know what was going on. He was awful. And, mm-hmm. and I think they lost it. They may, have, they may have lost it anyway, but they lost it with, with a terrible call by Indy Reid when at the end of the first half when Tampa Bay had third and two from their own 38 and like 40-odd seconds left, and he called – Kansas City called the timeout. Yeah. And that's just – I mean, you got to think in that situation – if if they pick up the first down, they they only have like twenty twenty five yards to go to get in the field goal range. If you stop them, you're probably going to have to go eighty five ninety yards yep. to get in field goal range. Yep. So it just yep. doesn't make any sense. And as it turned out, of course, they had a uh, they got the touchdown out of it. You um, wonder if that accident I was thing listening, had a fall, a I was listening on Rick the team. to. Oh, yeah, I think it. I think it may have. Yeah, that's one thing. And just <laughs> just one funny thing I heard today was. Um, on, on FAN, uh, uh, Boomer and Gio, they, they were talking about how Kroc was on NFL Network after the game, and they asked him where the Super Bowl party was going to be. And he said they were having it at some um, aquarium. And he says, yeah, there's going to be all kinds of fishes there. He says, I'm going to swim in the tank with the sharks and the whales, whatever they have. And, <laughs> and, and Gio says, oh, great. Nine months, we'll have a half a man, half a porpoise born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, so, it, Perry, was it was an interest, It was interesting, though, Rick. I was listening uh, to Westwood One, and, and they they were critical. They Kurt Warner and uh, Tony Baselli understood the first time out that he called. Yeah. In the in the first half, but they said after that they didn't quite get why he continued to call timeouts. And then, of course, when they got the touchdown, they really didn't understand it. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of arrogance, you know. They've been so good uh-huh. lately. That, yep. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, in a lot of ways, the Chiefs had a lot of problems through the season. They won games, yes. But they won some ugly games. So, oh, yeah. And, yeah. and Mahomes, I mean, the Lions, could, they couldn't keep him upright the other night. So, no. no, they lost and, both their tackles. When he was having to go 30 yards back to even pass, yeah. you, you know they're having and, trouble with the line. Yeah, yeah that's a and stat even, I heard, which, which, which was amazing, was they, they, they measured, you know, after the quarterback gets the ball, how many yards he had to run before getting the pass off for the whole game. And Brady was like 37 yards for the whole game. Mahomes running before he could get a pass off actually ran for 497 yards. Wow. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. Even even in even in the win, it really Tampa Bay really didn't play. I mean, they played an okay game, but it really wasn't great. Yeah, I mean, they won, they won, but it wasn't. I mean, it was it was kind of sloppy. Yeah. 
in in my opinion, I think the MVP should have been the entire Tampa Bay defense. They do um, do that. Robert, according, to Kurt, according, to, Kurt, to, according to Kurt Warner, you they can't do that. It has to be no. one player. No, yeah. I know, but you know, um, but no, uh, seriously, uh, not to make excuses for Kansas City, but I wonder how focused Andy Reid was. Well, that's what we were saying. Uh, yeah, on yeah, the game because, yeah. because of all the stuff happening with his son yeah. and what have you. Uh, you know, that had to be. Uh, Quite an ordeal trying to coach a football game and dealing with what what he dealt what he did uh, yeah, a yeah. few days earlier. So, uh, plus they had Mahomes. Mahomes is going into surgery. I think it's tomorrow or the next yeah, day. Tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow. Went to play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Bill, he's going to have that. He's going to have that. He's going to have. By the way, for those who are, he's going to have his turf toe. Uh, fixed. Yes. We're going to yeah. take the turf out of his toe. Yes. Yes. Did you have any more thoughts, Sean? And then we'll go to Bill. Well. I mean, I just thought it was very sloppy. I mean, I, I think it was, I mean, yeah, Tampa Bay, they pulled it off. I mean, but it was, I will say also, the ratings were down, but, I mean, relatively speaking, I'll give that, uh, they did, last year the ratings were $102 million. This year it was $96.4 million, $91.2 million on CBS, on terrestrial television, and then the other 5.2 on streaming but they did over a billion minutes of streaming time. So it's changing how people are watching you know, streaming. Mm-hmm. And that set a record. They, they did 95 million last year and then 7 million on streaming, but they didn't come near as many minutes. And I think a lot of it is the game went away. Went away. But, and you can definitely tell because my wife was on her way home and she was watching on the CBS Sports app and it kept buffering. But. I I would imagine this is the first time that the top two markets were not the, you know, that Boston, you know, yeah, Kansas City was number one, Boston was number two, and Tampa Bay was number three. Yeah, Yeah. Boston was fifty-eight percent, and Tampa Bay fifty-two percent. Wow, I wonder if part of that. I wonder if part of that was Boston pro or con. They wanted to see how Brady did. That's it. It was all about it was all about Brady, and you know, because now the next six months until Brady starts to play again is all going to be about Brady and Belichick. You know, maybe they'll start to pay attention. The Brewers and Celtics are pretty good teams. Maybe, and the Red Sox will start, but it's, uh, it's usually Brady or Belichick, Belichick or Brady every day, and yeah. then what, and, what quarterback yeah. are we going to get? But, <laughs> and he is now, and Brady's now the second quarterback to win a Super Bowl with two teams. Right. Uh, let's get let's yeah. get to Bill, though, and again, get his thoughts yeah, on the game. I thought I watched the whole game, or listened to the whole game, and I listened to it from the Tampa Bay perspective, and I'm sorry I did because I think I missed out on some of the game because it's not because they were biased towards, you know, Tampa Bay and had us. They just flat out missed a lot of stuff. But but I thought definitely the offensive line. I don't think there was any question or doubt about that. And I think maybe Kansas City was just a little bit overconfident. But you know, I've been a Colts fan all my life, and I've never been a big Brady fan, of course. I mean, that just comes with the territory. But I have to give him credit because But they also said on there, you think about that, everyone that scored points for Tampa Bay were not on that roster last year. These right. were all new additions. So somebody did a good job 
with pickups and getting the right people in there. Well, Brady, well, Brady, Brady recruited these guys. Basically, yeah, he, yeah. he asked. And they already he had Mike Gronk, Evans. He, he got Gronk. He, but Evans didn't score. No, he didn't. ran one in, yeah. and then Brady threw the three touch. You know, threw to Gronk and uh, to Brown. Uh, Brown. Brown. And he he got Gronk to come. Brown wanted to come play with him, and Fournette wanted to come play with him. So yeah. Brady is the guy you're talking about. Brady, the assistant general manager, recruiter, <laughs> like the NBA. You know, and, that's and, what he and did. Chris, and Chris, remember, Brady was he wanted to keep Antonio Brown with the Patriots, even once. You know, yes, all did. the stuff happened. He wanted to keep him anyway. Right. Yep. And by he the did. way, Leonard Fournette dropped, he dropped the F-bomb. Oh, yes, yes, he did. did. Yes, he, <laughs> he did. And they didn't get it. They did not get it. And I love the way Laura Oatman handled that. She goes, let's talk about another F-word, finally. That's when he was talking about it when they asked, she asked about Ronald Jones. And he was basically saying, you know what? We were competing, but we're on the same team. And. You know, hey, let's let's just work together. And he said he helped me. And you know, yep. tell me a little so bit anyway, about Jim Gray. Oh, 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 hold on, Chris. Go one, ahead, one last thing. Tell me a little bit about Jim Gray. You know, I listened to him on, um, and he must have a very special relationship with with Tom Brady. He, oh, he, does, he, does, he does because he's done. He's been on the, his Westwood One show for I think seven or eight years, at least. At least, and uh, it's him. He's on there every Monday, and as is Larry Fitzgerald, right? Yeah, and uh, so he, he does have. He has a very good relay. By yeah, the way, for those who, for those who for those who do go, book uh, books, Jim Gray does have a book out, talking to goats. Now it's not on Bard yet, but okay. if you have, as I do, if you have Bookshare. It is on Bookshare, so if you have Bookshare, you can get it. But it is not on Bard yet. But it, from okay. what I have heard from those who've read it, it is a very good book. Okay. And he's close with all these. He's got Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, LeBron, because he he gets in with all these the A-list athletes. Remember, he was the guy he hosted the decision or some, you know. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. That's right. Here, they call him Jim Gravy Train. That's what people call him. He's hey, done yeah. a lot. Of, he's done a lot of things in his life because remember, he also when we had the Olympic Park bombing in 1996 in Atlanta, Jim Gray also was on all night with uh, Tom Brokaw covering that. Yeah, and uh, wow. yeah, because he was there for NBC. That was when he was working for NBC, yeah. and he was he was one of the sideline reporters for NBC NBA back then. And so he was there covering the Dream Team and the basketball and other stuff. So yeah, Tom Brokaw had him. And on Jim's a very good boxing reporter as well. So yeah. Well, yeah. we were we were talking about the F bomb earlier, so it's probably time to play Kevin Harlan's call <laughs> of the streaker from Sunday. Actually, to be, actually, to be fair, Chris, it is Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner at the end. And Kurt yeah. Warner, yeah. 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 Kevin Warner. Harlan's a highlight. Yeah. Bill has the audio, so Bill, whenever you're ready, go ahead and roll the audio. I'm, I'm ready. Here we go. We, we will hear. 5.03 to go. Someone has run on the field. Some guy with a brawl. And now he's not being chased. He's running down the middle of the 40. Arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Pull up those pants. He's being chased to the 30. He breaks a tackle from a security guard. The 20, down the middle, the 10, the 5. He slides at the 1, and they converge on him at the goal line. Pull up your pants. Take off the bra and be a man. 
And the players with hands on hips at the other end of the field are looking at him and shaking their head and saying, why, oh, why is this taking place in a Super Bowl? And, Kevin, if you're going to run that far, get into the end zone. Don't slide at the one. you got to score once you got on the field. Get into the end zone, my man. Lord, now they're cuffing him. But pull up his drawers, whatever you do. 5.03 to go, timeout on the field. <laughs> and, rem- and remember that, Remember though, that is not the first rodeo for those two with calls like that because they got a streaker a couple of years ago on a Monday night game. They were they were the two they calling the – they had the cat, yes. So yep. I, this is at least their third run. And Kevin Harlan, he aces it. He, he, he oh, aces yeah. these things. I mean, yeah, because remember the cat was scoring – he was, he was going for a touchdown. That was cat a Cowboys scored. game. That was also a Monday night game. Yeah, yeah that was a Cowboy game, wasn't it? Yeah. Giants, yeah. yeah, Giants and Cowboys. Giants, Cowboys. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. And, well, now, now, and the time. guy, the guy. It, it is there. the bottom of the hour. But Bill, you were going to say something. Well, the only thing I was going to say was, I, it's a wonder he's not gotten trouble by some of the communities, and I'm not going to mention them by name, but. <laughs> I pull up your pants and be a man. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was not a bra. It was, it was a thong that he had on. It was a women's thong. And apparently, yeah. and this guy made $300,000 because they had a prop bet. He could bet 50000 He bet 50000 down, said there was going to be a streaker, and he collected 300000 so his bail is paid. And this guy, before Tom Brady signed with Tampa, he went on 65 to 1 odds, bet the Tampa Bay would win. He also, one year, bet that Lamar Jackson would be the MVP. So, yeah. 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 Well, you know what? If it's the bottom of the hour, maybe the thing we'll do is take a break now and then yep. come back yep, and then we'll do Rick's, Rick's rank. We'll explain Rick's rankings and we'll do those and then we'll move on to the other and NFL. The other NFL yep. and we'll put Here we go. Keyboard Cat, Hamilton the Pug, and Toast Meets World. These are some of the Internet's most beloved pets. And they all have one thing in common. Their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard, that's optional. Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and left with money ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. Two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2 men 2 xorg to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. The stores are bringing me a baby brother. 
together. We can do this together. All right, let's go. Storks know how to keep kids safe. Do you? What? Oh, my gosh, you don't know. <gasps> I know. You don't. <laughs> oh, man, you laugh when you're uncomfortable. <laughs> no. Making sure your child is in the right car seat is one of the steps to safer travel. I will rock this. You will rock this. To know for sure that your child is in the right car seat for their age and size, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Cool, cool, cool. Very cool, very cool. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Go okay. ahead. Let's go ahead with uh, our rankings. Rick's rankings. Okay, so let me explain these. And uh, Rick, Rick invented this. I don't know. How long ago did you do that, Rick? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> Probably <laughs> 30 long, years ago. I don't know. Long time ago. More but, than you know, that, we, yeah. We've, we've had 55 Super Bowls, and so what happens is a team gets three points for winning and one point for getting into it. So you will, And so that's how it works. So, for example, the Patriots lead now with 23 points because they've won six. That's 18, and they lost five, and they got in five times. That's 23. <clears throat> so that's how it works. So the more Super Bowls you're in, the more you can get, and certainly the more you win. So Patriots are on top with uh, 23 points. Uh, and some of these, you say, how can they be up there? Well, they did stuff years ago, and that's how they got in there. Pittsburgh is second with 20. Dallas has 18. San Francisco's fourth with 17. Denver is fifth with 14. The Giants are sixth. Uh, well, tied for there's some ties here. Giants. No, they're actually they were actually in sixth because I have tiebreakers. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't yeah. know who got ahead. Uh, well, the first tiebreaker is that. Yeah, the first tiebreaker is, is Super Bowl wins. Okay. You know, because you yep. can have the same amount of points with less. But And the, actually, the Giants and the Packers are tied there. But the greatest thing about the second tiebreaker is that it can never be – you can never have to go past that because it, it can't be broken. The second tiebreaker is, is the last team to win a Super Bowl. You know, oh, okay. the most recent yeah. team. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. So, okay. So, the so if we when we run into ties, if Rick remembers, he can tell us where they are. So, the Giants would be next at 13, Green Bay with 13, uh, the Raiders with 11. And, uh, Robert, it's been a while since the Raiders have any points in this. So yeah, I know. got them, but uh, – I don't think they've had any since they went in uh, the '83-'84 season. No, we 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 lost to Tampa Bay in '02. So oh, that's right. '02 and '03. Yeah, that's right. One point there. Okay, Washington with 11. They're the ones that haven't been in since uh, that long. Yeah, that's correct. Now Miami is an interesting case. They got nine points, but they have nine points all before the Patriots got any. The last time they ever had any was the '84-'85 Super Bowl. Yeah, when they they lost to the 49ers. Yep. So they've got nine points. Indianapolis with eight. Kansas City with eight, but I guess Kansas City might be ahead of them because they were in the Super Bowl more recently yeah. or whatever. Yeah, they won last year. So yeah, and they won last year. Baltimore is pretty cool. They're six. They got six. They've won two Super Bowls and they've been in two Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. The Rams at six points. Tampa yep. Bay did the same thing as Baltimore did. They've won two Super Bowls. They've been there twice. Rams uh, had oh, been there right. before and lost a couple, but they they uh, won. You know, uh, they won. Well, what have, what have the Rams actually so, done with the six? They uh, they won one and lost three. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. So, Tampa, so Bay, Tampa Bay would be actually ahead of these guys. Ahead of the Rams, Tampa yeah. Of, Tampa Bay and, was, and Baltimore, right? Yeah, Baltimore and the Tampa Bay. Uh, yes, they'd be ahead of, because they're more recent than uh, right. Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Seattle with five, Philadelphia with five, Buffalo with four, and those are the four Super Bowl losses. Uh, Chicago with four, the one win over the Patriots, the one loss to the Colts. Minnesota with four, they, they have four losses, but they haven't had theirs since 1977. Yeah, when the Raiders beat them. them. Yep. Yep. And so then we get down to the Jets with three, the one Super Bowl win. Yep. New Orleans with three. They also won their own only appearance. Cincinnati with two. They've lost two, both to San Francisco. Atlanta with two, and we know uh, those Super Bowl losses to uh, That's correct. John Elway and Tom Brady. (laughs) Carolina with two. 
They lost to the Patriots and uh, Denver. Tom yeah. Brady and Peyton Manning. Um, yeah, yes, Tom, Tom Brady, Brady Peyton, Peyton Manning. Yeah. Then we're down to the teams with one. Tennessee with one. They got in yeah. there against the Rams. Chargers with one. They got in there and lost to the 49ers. Yep. Arizona with one. Got in there and lost to the Steelers. Yep. And here are the teams with none. Cleveland with zero, Detroit zero, Houston zero, Jacksonville zero. And, uh, you know, if you look at it right now, depending, of course, Jacksonville could do something, but you would think Cleveland would be the first one to get on the board there. I think Cleveland would be the first one to get points, yeah. 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 And so – so there you go. So it's kind of it's sort of like an all-time thing. The last 55 football seasons, it all adds up, as I said, to 220 points. I added it up to make sure that it does. Yep. And it's just kind of fun to go through. And, you know, it doesn't mean you're the best team right now, but it certainly, uh, you know, shows a little longevity when you're up there. Yeah, so, it's just meant to be like bragging rights for the fans yeah. of those teams. Yeah. And Super yeah. Bowl 56 will be next year in the brand-new stadium in Los Angeles. Yep. Okay. Yep. So um, we had the Al Davis versus Pete Rosell show, and Robert and I watched it. What did you think, Robert? Well, you know, um, I've heard a lot of complaints from sighted people, Chris. Uh, they didn't like the holograms. Yeah, I've heard that they, too. <laughs> um, they were complaining, that, well, both of these guys are dead. Why did you yeah. use holograms? I, I um, maybe it's because I can't see that well, but I didn't have any issue with it. I thought, I thought the documentary was very well done. They were accurate. They told the truth on everything. They did, you know, the uh, people that put it together, uh, you know, uh, told it as the story was, and uh, I thought it was very well done. And ESPN does a wonderful job on these thirty for thirties. Yeah, they do. I thought Al Davis was a little out of line, though. He said. Uh, he brought up the uh, situation with Pete Gogolak, and he'd been, you know, stolen from the. Uh, uh, oh yeah, from the yeah. Show, I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And then Al says, "Well, you know, and and they then had to recognize us, and we were here, and I was the commissioner of the AFL. Of course, Joe Foss had been for the first time, and he took over as commissioner in '66. He said, and and we won, so I should have been the commissioner. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You know, yeah. that was silly. You know, they were, yeah. they were being let in. I'm not saying they were, you know, the, the NFL decided they were going to just let them in. They didn't say that they won anything. They, no, you know, they I didn't know. beat them in yeah. the Super Bowl yet. That was a little over the top, but, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah, they weren't going to let an owner be a commissioner. No. No. Well, but he Chris, he was, would have to you, withdraw as an owner, but, you know. Well, what what did you think, Chris, about the whole I, thing? I liked it. I thought it was good. You know, it, uh, the one thing, you do have to know the voices because they don't tell you who anybody is. There's no, no. narrator, so it's a little bit, you know. Uh, confusing, but I, I knew who they were, and, yeah. and I didn't really understand about the holograms. I thought, sort of thought that they were, you know, that there was, was a voice that sounded like Roselle, uh, but it wasn't quite him, and I guess that's what that was, and he was in like an echo yeah. chamber or whatever that was, but yeah. I don't know. It was just kind of, if I watched it again, knowing that, I might get a little bit a different take on it, but I thought it was very good. But it was, I forgot about the whole Irwin Dale thing. I just totally forgot about that. that yeah, Al Day was pocketed $10 million and never had to give them back their money. I, I <laughs> You yeah, know? that was funny. And that I'm thinking crazy. to myself, wow, he could have been, uh, you know, since he's from Brooklyn, I'm thinking, wow, he could have been in the mob. You know, it's like, you know? That, that sounds like something organized crime. All I could do, think you know? of, you know, with, with Brooklyn and with uh, all I could think of was Red Auerbach. And I could just picture Auerbach against Roselle. That was, I mean, against uh, L. Davis. That would have been yeah. a war. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. That, that was the thing. You know, he was he reminded me of Red Auerbach in a lot of ways. You know, yes. Just, yes. just win and the whole thing. Oh, yeah. So, but. I thought it was a very good, uh, you know, good story, and uh, you know they they really did. But Billy Sullivan, boy, I didn't realize how into this he was. He was so, you know, he was such a Roselle fan, you know, and and 
but I also understood, and I don't know if you picked up on this, uh, Robert, the business about I, he was really mad at Davis because he felt he had a moral obligation to stay here. And part yeah. of it was he grew up here. So he yeah. wanted the team to stay and he got nothing around here. And he no. kept the team here, you know, getting no, n- nothing from anybody. And, and that's why when Patrick got a little drunk uh, and decided to fight Matt Millen, you know, that's probably why. Or, We're finally yeah. winning. You're beating you guys. You know, yeah. that was why Patrick, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, kind of lost it. But uh, that, right. was, that was funny. No, I did pick up on that. And, um, you know, I did, uh, you know, when you're going back in history, I didn't realize that there were actually two different trials over this yeah. whole Oakland, L.A. mess. Yeah, and the, the first and the, and, first, and the yeah. first trial was a hung jury because one of the one of the members, you know, uh, it was eight to two, and I guess one of them he wanted his own NFL team in Orange County, and, right. and you know, yeah, it was it was a put up job. So Al yeah. probably should have won that first uh, trial there. It, yeah. So, so anyway, but, I, I learned quite crazy. a bit because it brought back a lot of memories. I'm like, yep, oh my yeah. god, you know. Yeah. Well, you guys should watch it. It's it's a good show. Yeah. Okay. Well, so now we've had different reports about Drew Brees. Is he retiring? Or is he not? Or is he going to make an announcement? Or what's he doing? Well, now uh, I uh, now I firmly believe that he's going to go ahead and retire. But the way the story was reported on Friday. Uh, on, sa- on Saturday. Suppo- on Saturday, I'm sorry. He was supposed to get $25 million or something like that. And what he basically did was, you know, took a $24 million pay cut and he's going to get the veterans veterans minimum of what it, what is it, Perry? One point one and a half million. 1.75. That's right. And what I've heard one reason he's doing that is, all right, if he retires now, his, 20, his contract right now counts against the salary cap. If he waits till March, then okay. they have that extra money because he took a pay cut. If he had just said, I'm retiring in March, then his $25 million would have counted for this, where he renegotiated so he can retire at the $1.75 million. If he wants to retire and just kind of, you know, set, say, hey, I was under there, and yeah, a lot of that is salary cap maneuverability. Yeah, and okay. or, or, or if he decides not to retire, hypothetically, that gives right. the team a lot more room to, to be able to do other things. Right, and yes, like they can, the, Sean, Mc, Sean Payton wants to, he thinks he can work with uh, Jameis Winston, he can sign him for a lot more, if, you know, so. Yeah. And okay. but keep one thing in mind: the salary cap is dropping, but we don't know by how yeah. much. Right, uh, r- and that's another reason it, why he did that. Also, I the rumor has it it could be as low as one hundred and seventy-five, but uh, you know, we don't we don't really know what the figure is going to be. And they have to decide all this by March seventeenth because that's the first day of the new league year. Okay, so we had uh, the MVP was Aaron Rodgers. We kind of thought that might be the case. Yeah, uh, Derek Henry Aaron was the Donald- offense. Darren Henry was the offensive player of the year, and Aaron Donald was the defensive player of the year. And then, and then on the Hall of Fame votes, we had uh, Peyton Manning got in right away. No, no questions about that. Uh, uh, Charles Woodson, former uh, what Green Bay and Oakland player. Green Bay and Raider. Yep. Yep. Uh, Calvin Johnson, Megatron, retired early, but got right into the Hall of Fame too. Uh, yep. John John Lynch, uh, yep. former. Where, where did he play? I forget. Uh, yeah. Tampa Bay and Tampa Denver, Denver, and and yeah. now he's the 49ers general That's manager. Right. Yep. Um, Alan Fanica, offensive lineman for the Jets and the Steelers. Yep. Uh, uh, Drew Pearson, former Cowboy receiver. 
Long, uh, long, and by the way, long overdue. He should have been a yeah. long time Oh, yeah, ago. he was very good. Uh, Bill Nunn, Steelers scout, and Tom Flores, the uh, Raiders coach, who you, yeah. of course, figured probably a long time ago, too. And yeah, he yep. should have been. Now the next one I'm going to campaign for, as far as the Raiders are concerned, uh, Jim Plunkett. He should be there also. And he's not there yet. Yeah, he's a borderline. You know, he had so much. T- he played kind of. He played the best he could here. But that's another guy I was rooting for to win a Super Bowl when the Raiders uh, beat the Eagles because you know Plunkett had been here and had to go. Well, he won much. two of them. He won, he won two, the, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Against the, uh, the Reds, Redskins, Redskins yeah. later. Yeah. So now yeah. we have for the championships. This is the first time Sean pointed this out. It's the first time we've had. Two, only two teams holding the four championships. Tampa Bay has the Stanley Cup and the Super Bowl yeah. championship, and L.A. has the Lakers and the Dodgers have won their two championships. So I had well, didn't it happen a couple that. years ago the same way uh, with uh, uh, no. the Patriots? And... No, the Patriots okay. and Red Sox had two, but uh, had two, but uh, let's see, 19. Who was that? Uh, I, the hockey and basketball didn't work out for it. I okay, that's it right. It was Golden okay. State, and yeah, it was different. It was oh, all right, all right. Yeah, okay. Golden State and then Toronto, and yeah, yeah. no, it wasn't, all right. That, that and didn't they're happen. they're call, they're calling it Champa Bay now. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Um, because two clever. championships and a and a World Series appearance and AL pennant, you know, they're calling it yeah. Champa Bay. That's what uh-huh. they're calling it. Yeah. Okay, and also now, Sean, you you said you heard a story about somebody doesn't want to call them the Tampa Bay Buccaneers anymore. Oh, yes. This is an op-ed piece from Saturday's Washington Post where a lady, an educator for George Washington University, and I'm not saying, I mean, I'd be criticizing her. She's a man, too, just so don't come come after me, feminist. Don't come after me. This lady, apparently, she has written books on piracy in the 17 and 1800s, and she says that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' name needs to change because it is glorifying piracy and how the pirates raped and pillaged and stole hitting Florida in the 17 and 1800s, and and the cannon going off needs to be done because it's glorifying... I had to do it's it. Part of the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the NFL told them uh, they could not fire the cannon when they yes. scored on Sunday. Yeah. So That's correct. Yeah. Well, well, no, we that's right, her, because the Chiefs didn't have. Now, what I also didn't notice was like uh, the, oh, 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 I didn't. I don't think I heard any of that. No, they, I, heard, I did hear that, I, and I think it was before the game. Yeah, because that made me wonder, how come you can't do the cannons and you can do this? Especially yeah, when Tampa Bay was the home team. Yeah. But Tampa Bay, I think the deal was that Tampa Bay, you know, wouldn't have been able to bring the cannons to New Orleans or something if the Super Bowl had been there. So <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. probably why you couldn't do it. You know, you could, you can have your music because I know in Patriot Super Bowls we always have that, uh, you know, that whistle, that tr- train whistle or boat whistle. Yeah. I should say, you know, when the third down, you know, how the Patriots yeah. do that whistle yeah. thing and yeah. just yeah. things like that. So I think you can do that when you're, you know, either team can have their stuff at the game. You know, even if you're the road team, but uh, you can't bring cannons. So that was that was. Yeah. It. So no cannon firing occurred. But uh, anyway, yeah. and, and well, Gene Decker was very good could, about Tampa, it. He didn't mention it. He, at the end, though, he says, finally they can fire the cannons. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay and Columbus are the only two teams in sports that fire the cannons off, at least professional sports, whenever their team scores. So, 
Why do Blue Jackets fire cannons? Uh, I have no idea, but they've okay. done it from day one. You I'm, know? I'm just, I'm just maybe checking. Maybe they're supposed to be muskets or something. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, maybe that's it. Okay, we got a lot of baseball here to go through. Before, before, we, do, before we do yeah. that, Sean, how can they uh, talk? And by the way, we do have some callers, so if you guys want to comment on anything, raise your hand. Yeah, raise how, can they, how can they yeah. do it, Sean? They can call in at 646-876-9923 and 287-723-4600 is the code to enter and hit the key twice and come on in. And a couple other real quick football notes before we close yeah. out, of course. Uh, the rumor is now, uh, a little there's a rumor mill, that Carson Wentz to Philadelphia for Nick Foles and a number one draft pick. Yeah, that, 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 that was rumored on to that, Chicago, and, Chicago, yeah. That and was rumored on Luck. Sunday. So yeah, and Andrew Luck is talking. They're talking about uh, is that still a story about him cut, possibly coming back? Now the to general manager called and said it's absolutely not going to happen. No, not going to okay. happen. Not All right. Gonna and the other thing is, today that Bill's trying to say something. Oh, hold on. Go, go ahead, Bill. I just said it wasn't going to happen. Oh, okay. Okay. What, Rick? Um, today, you know, it's funny. I think it was last week. I said, I said how you know. Adam Schefter had said next week there could be as many as 18 teams changing quarterbacks. And I said, I went through the teams and I could only find 11 that I was pretty positive who was going to be the starter next year. Well, not one of those 11 <laughs> was Seattle. And today, Russell Wilson is talking about how he's getting sick of being hit. And the, and supposedly the Seahawks are entertaining some offers for a trade. Yeah, okay. and he, he also said that he wants uh, more say-so over uh, what players yeah. they bring in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this so is it now. The quarterbacks have seen what Brady did, and they're going to start to say, you know, I want to yeah. bring this guy, I want to bring that yeah. guy. And, and uh, so sure. we're going to start to see a small, you know, for the offense, for the receivers at least, and the running backs are going to see a little NBA action, you know, with yep. these guys. Yeah. So, well, before okay. we get to baseball, Chris, Jamal would like to uh, chime in. So, Jamal, if you would unmute yourself, we can hear you. Yeah, star six. Sure. Will we hear him this week? Hello. There he is. There he is. Go ahead, Jamal. Okay. About the Super Bowl, I would disagree with Rick 100%. I don't think the Super Bowl was a lousy Super Bowl. Yes, it ended up being some of a blowout, but there was some excitement due to the fact that there there were a lot of us who thought that Pat Mahomes was going to bring the Chiefs back to at least make the game competitive in the fourth, like he's done before. Because this is a guy who could throw throw touchdowns in his freaking sleep. And the fact that the the Chiefs were held to nine points was just surprising. Now, I'm happy. I was rooting for Tampa Bay, don't get me wrong, as was said in the opening of the show. But at a a lousy Super Bowl, not necessarily. Well, if you I mean, you, you can root, you can root who you for you who you know who you want to, but that doesn't make right. it a good game. <laughs> no. And uh, now the other thing, too, Jamal, is if you have to run four hundred yards before you can even throw the ball, you're not going to almost five hundred. Yeah, almost five hundred. You know, I mean, when Brady had to do all that two, three years ago, he didn't have to do all that running around, you know, behind his offensive line, you know, against yeah. the Falcons. So you can have a comeback right. if you have a little energy, you know. Right, yeah. and also here's another problem that no one has mentioned. He was down. Three of his top linemen were down. The two, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what, the two Pro Bowl tackles. The yeah, I didn't down, mention that, Jamal. Well, down, and that that made a hell of a difference in keeping this guy upright. And the Chiefs made just two stupid penalties keeping the Bucks on the field. That's I true. think there was one penalty they made. The Bucks were driving, and they stopped the Bucks. They were held on yep. a field goal. 
they were going to hold a 15-yard penalty, and then they kept Tom Brady on the field. I, the Westwood one guys rightly criticized the Chiefs for that, and then what happens? But he throws a touchdown. That's right. Another oh, no, they were 95 the yards, in the, especially in the first half. They were 95 yards in penalties uh, by Kansas City. Yeah, but I think you're just, you're just making my point because, I mean, terrible penalties yeah. is one reason that it just wasn't a good game. That's right. Okay, so anyway, uh, did we – all right, now with baseball, I'm getting a little confused because sometimes I get mixed up as to what we talk about before the show or during the show. Have we talked about the rules – which rules are changing or not changing in baseball? Okay, the, to the rules that show. came down this week. The rules that we yeah, are that going to that came down have, last night. Yeah. Right, I know, right, but I wasn't rules. sure if we talked about it on here, but like as a brief uh, you know, intro. But if we yeah. didn't, let's just do it. Go for it, Robert. The, the, the rules that we're going to have, uh, and for us baseball purists, we don't like these, but here we go. Um, we are going to have the seven-inning doubleheaders, uh, just like we had last year. And when extra innings occurs, the runner will be on second base beginning in the 10th inning. And National League fans rejoice. You will have no designated here for the 2021 season. So we'll see if that's negotiated in in the future. But for now, National League, get, the pitchers get to hit. The American League still will still have the DH. So that, and I know uh, a lot of you guys. I know a lot of you guys don't like the seven inning doubleheaders. I guess for me, it's not that I like them or don't like them. For me, it's not an issue. I see. I see the points too if they do have them. Like it saves on your pitching, you know, especially on a travel day on a Sunday. But I also get okay, let's play the full. I guess because every league, you know, the minors have been doing it. College baseball does it. I think I think Japan does seven inning doubleheaders. Uh, the SEC, the say, SEC in college does not. They play nine. Oh no, the SEC, yeah, but Big Twelve does on travel days, especially that are. I don't know if they'll do it if there's doubleheader in conference. But the NCAA as a whole. Does not, but there are certain conferences that do. Minor Triple uh, A's done it for a few years, and it's not. I don't think it's going to be something to kill. Is it going to fix baseball? No, but I don't think it's going to kill it. Now, well, I and do Manfred, agree that Manfred did say that the seven inning double headers is only because of the virus. He, of all the rules that are here, he he says that one will go away yeah. when the virus goes away. Are you sure, though? Are we no. sure? No, <laughs> remember, I'm, everything's I'm up for grabs sure when, yeah. uh, when, well, it isn't even Manfred this time. Everything's but, up for grabs when we go into the collective bargaining well, agreement. Like players somebody pointed like out on one of the shows, like somebody pointed out on one of the shows in Chicago and California when they put those temporary taxes and those temporary stay permanent. You know? Oh, sure. Yeah. I, I think, aren't we still paying taxes on our phone for the Vietnam War, if I recall? <laughs> oh, probably. Probably could be. Yeah. Yeah, I think we are. So, and son of a gun, that. Chris, I wasn't even around for the Vietnam War. I know. I, know. I wasn't even around. Yeah. Hey, we we had it was a glorious loss. It was a wonderful loss we had. Okay, so uh, many many signings, many many moves. Let's go through them if we can here. Nelson Cruz uh, signed with Minnesota for one year for thirteen million dollars. Yeah, he's back with the Twins. Yeah. Milwaukee got Colton Wong two years for eighteen million. Was former Cardinal, of course, and, an, and, yeah. an, and a third year option. And okay. a year up. Okay. Uh, and uh, spring training does look like it's going to start on time. It's supposed to start on the seventeenth of uh, February. After, la- after last night, it not, doesn't look like it. It will. Yeah, it will. Okay. Yeah. Well, but as I said, the truck left here yesterday, so there yeah. you go. And do we know does the regular season start the twenty eighth of uh, April, March or the thirty first? April first. April the first. April first. Okay. All right. So and then uh, and then back to the. Uh, 
and I, I'm going to skip through all this rule stuff because it all changed anyway. Yeah. Trevor Bauer tra- went to the Dodgers, and it was down to the Dodgers and the Mets, and he got a unique setup here. This is yeah. not usually what a player does. He's got three years that he's signed up for. First year is 100, uh, let's see, 102 what is no, it? That's a total. That's a total for over the it's three. Two for the whole for thing. All three years. Forty. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Forty for the first year. Forty million. Forty-five for the second year, and seventeen for the third year. <laughs> so, and he's got opt-outs along the way. So, obviously, if he has done well, he could uh, opt out and you know yeah. go for free agency when he's getting the seventeen. So that's yeah. a different way to structure that. That's all from twenty-one through. Yeah. Actually, I, I heard it was forty-four, forty-five, and thirteen. No, no, it's no? forty, forty-five, and seventeen. Oh. Yeah. So the potential uh, starters for them are uh, Bauer, Clayton Kershaw, um, uh, Walker Bueller, uh, David Price, and uh, Dustin May. So they they think they have the best yeah. uh, starting number rotation. one and number two teams. Number one and number two teams in the league are in that division. I think. Yep, San Diego yeah, is going right, to right threaten now. them. Uh, John Sadek will be the new TV voice of the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, he's been on Westwood One, and did he do some stuff for ESPN too? Or, or he, did, he did not. No. CBS. Okay. CBS. Right. He worked for CBS. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sportsnet Net Mike Wilner from uh, for Toronto has left uh, the broadcast booth. He's been there for quite a long time. He yeah. was uh, like their sort of the host and uh, did some play-by-play. And uh, it's going to be Ben Wagner and Kevin Barker. And I'm not sure who Kevin Barker even I is. Don't, but uh, was a, he was a I, player. I think he was a player for the Blue Jays. Okay, yeah. I don't remember him. The one thing, I, I know that they, in years past, the last couple of years, they've also used Dan Schulman. So they might yes. use him as well. Uh, yeah. Dan Schulman is, is the TV announcer for him and Buck Martinez. There might yeah. be some games when they're not on TV and he comes over and helps them on yeah. radio. Right. Uh, Dexter Fowler and Cash to the Angels from the Cardinals. So you said you couldn't figure this one out, Perry. I have no idea why the why they did that because the Angels they need pitching badly. Yeah. Well, the Angels do what they you know do what they do as they say. <laughs> Marcel Ozuna uh, signed four years for sixty five million with the Braves. Uh, and then he's a left fielder, and then it might be a DH down the road. Yep. And and then uh, let's see. Texas sent uh, Elvis Andrus to Oakland, and Chris Davis came back uh, to uh, uh, the uh, to the Rangers. Yeah, now they... this is this is the legitimate Chris Davis who actually knows yeah. how to hit. Yes, I, I, I said I congratulate the uh, the uh, Texas Rangers for getting the right one and not making the wrong, you know, picking <laughs> trading with the Orioles. Yeah, but uh, you know. So, uh, Robert, as an A's fan, what do you think of this trade? Um, well, I uh, I have mixed feelings about it. Elvis Andrews is a good player, and he's going to obviously solve our shortstop position since they wouldn't pay up. Uh, 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 oh, God, I'm I'm having a blank. They, uh, the guy went to Toronto. Uh, oh, Marcus Simeon, that's who it is. Oh, yeah, okay. They, they, w- they wouldn't pay him. So uh, Elvis Andrews is going to solve that problem. But I think our offense is going to be hurt because – when Chris Davis is playing well, uh, you know, he can hit like 40 home runs a year. So I, I think it's going to be a wash, but we'll see. Because the A's are not going to have a good year, and I already know that. So, hmm. you know. Okay, Albert Elmora signed a one-year deal with the Mets. Yep. Uh, and D. Gordon signed a minor league deal with Cincinnati. Yep. Uh, let's see. What else we got? We got we got a couple more, I think, down here. And Mike Fears also re-signed Fire, with the A's. Fires. Fire, fires, yeah. Fire. I, don't, I always do that with his name. Okay. Yep. One uh, year, three and a half million. Okay. And uh, Bo Jane, our friend, put in a thing on the uh, 
On the baseball, Jonathan VR signed a $3.5 million deal with the Mets, and he was, uh, he I guess, came from Miami. Yeah, that's and, correct. Yeah, and he uh, was also a uh, leading base base dealer in the past, and I guess he'll yeah. be there. Yeah. Thought is he might be their center fielder. Well, no, Albert Almora will probably be their center okay, fielder. Uh, VR is well, a, the, now. Now, Chris, I was going to ask you this. You okay. you know all there really all there is to know about JBJ because he was a Red Sox. Right. right. He is asking for four years and a little over a hundred million. If you were the Mets, would you give him that contract? That's a tough one. He's not he's not consistent. The problem is he's a wonderful outfielder. That never fails. I mean, it doesn't matter if he's hitting 220 or 280. He will be a great outfielder. He will always do his job in the field and he's he's an excellent outfielder. But he can go he can have the hottest month in the world and the coldest month in the world and you never know what you're going to get. And the thing is like you thought maybe he turned the corner after the great postseason in 2018, uh you know when they were banging on the trash cans or whatever they were doing. I don't even know what happened, but anyway, he had a great year and then uh, kind of went back to the up and downs, Jackie Bradley Jr. that we know, but he, he's a good guy See, in the and that's what I, everybody likes him, yeah, you know. That's what I heard though the Mets are concerned about the hitting. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. And I would from, be too. <laughs> from from yeah. what I've heard, apparently Steve Cohen has told uh, you know Alderson, no, we're not going to give him that contract. That's why they went and got Albert Almora. So, and to be and yeah. to be fair, he is a Scott Boris client, and we know that Scott mm-hmm. is going to ask for the world, and then maybe at the end he'll realize he has to take less than that. But right. you know, he's going to ask for the world. He that's the way he operates. Right. Yep. So, no, it's it's a tough one to give him that much money. I, I, he's a good guy. He's best friends with Mookie Betts. You know, they were very close. I mean, you may see some with the Dodgers. Mookie would love to have him there, I'm sure, if he could work it out. The problem you know? with that, Chris, and I would tend to agree with you, but the problem with that is the Dodgers are $28 million over right. the luxury yeah. tax, and apparently they're talking about maybe a two-year and 16 per for Justin Turner. That would put them way, way, way yeah. over the tax. Yeah. Yep. Of course, the Red Sox have moved on. They already got Hunter Renfro, so they're not waiting around. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's it, it'll be uh, interesting to see what happens. Okay, so we got any more baseball? Yes, I, I do. That I am. <laughs> um, actually, two two quick things. One was uh, the athletic report today. I guess that baseball was de- uh, MLB is deadening the baseball for this year. Oh yeah, I read that yeah. yesterday. Oh, but they're yeah. cha- they're changing the baseball because people are complaining about too many home runs. Too many home runs. They want yeah. ball. They, they have some more balls in play. And then when I heard they they think it's going to take about five feet off. You know, make them up feel like five feet deeper the way this ball is. Reacting. Did you ever get the feeling that that um, this guy, this commissioner, Rob Manfred, is like a camp counselor? You know, they're like somebody <laughs> says something. Oh, we got to do it now. Oh, oh, now you want this? Okay, we'll do that. You know, it's like it's God. You know, yeah. that's just oh man, he drives me crazy. Yeah, I know. The, I did. I did read that yesterday. Yeah. So yeah. And the other thing is, I just wanted to know, you know, what, what you guys kind of think about because you know, I'm not a big baseball fan, but I think it really needs some changes as far as pace of the game, and uh, and they. Um, proposed rule change by I believe was Bruce Bochy a few weeks ago said that he would like to see a universal DH, but you would only have the DH in the game as long until you took your starting pitcher out, and then you'd lose the DH. I think this helps with you know getting rid of this designated starter for an inning, and you know, and, it, and you'd have yeah. to think about leaving your starting pitcher in longer. You know, that's mm-hmm. it. That's it. I think that was his point, Rick. He he wants yeah. to yeah. he wants to maybe get rid of this opener thing. He he is not a fan of it. Yeah, well, no. I don't like yeah. that either. So I, I would support him on that actually. 
Yeah, I can't. I can't picture them actually doing that now. No, that probably not. It's gotten <laughs> the problem with baseball. You know, my thing that we were talking about speeding things up is enforce the rules you got. You're supposed to have a pitch clock. You know, if the batter isn't in there, call a strike. If the pitcher isn't ready, you know, uh, yeah. and, and, uh, he's holding things up. And also, I don't know what you can do about this throwing to first base all the time. You know, they throw to first base with a lumbering lummox of a catcher who's never going to go anywhere. I mean, yeah. I I don't know what you can do about that, but that that messes the game up too. You know. All yeah. that kind of foolishness. Okay, so I guess that's it for baseball for until next week. It seems like the signings never end. No, so we got and the, there's still lots of free agents out there, so who knows? Oh yeah. So we got the NBA coming up here. So I will give you the teams have moved well, around. Let's get you know, college stuff out of the way. Let's oh, you want to do that one first? Yeah, actually, that gives me a chance yeah. to grab my NBA schedule yeah. while you do that. Yeah, we should, a couple, a couple college items. First of all, uh, the women's tournament is all going to be in San Antonio, and some of it here in Austin and San Marcos, Texas, in the area, because uh, the Final Four was scheduled to be at the Alamo Dome. So what they're going to do is they're going to have the uh, first round. They're going to use three sites in San Antonio, and they're also going to use the University of Texas here in Austin and Texas State. That'll be for the first round. Then the second round, they're going to use San Antonio, and then from the Sweet 16 on, they're going to use the Alamo Dome exclusively. So they're doing a bubble very similar to what they're doing with the men. Uh, Also, North Carolina last night. (laughs) Social media. you got to love this. Of course, one hour before game time against Miami, their game was canceled because after their victory over Duke Saturday, which, by the way, neither team was ranked first time since 1960, that that is February 1960, that that has happened where they played and they weren't ranked. Uh, two players went out partying to celebrate that they beat Duke. And it got out, the video got out, on the online version of the North Carolina student newspaper. And so they found out uh, the players had not tested positive, but because they were in a situation, they went ahead and North Carolina decided, oh, let's call this game. On the other hand, Baylor, they're out until the 20th because they had some more coronavirus, and they already had some games to make up with Texas and a couple others. So that last week or so, they're going to be they're going to be scrambling, making up some games. I think they got about three. And but the Big 12 says they're still going to have their tournament, which there's been talk by certain schools saying, hey, why not cancel it? And especially you've got your team, Baylor, the the cash that's going to be the cash cow. Let them make it up over the two weeks because right now it's Gonzaga and Baylor and everybody else. And ESPN has talked about they want Gonzaga Baylor to make up their game, but they're like, you know, they're all like, hey, let's no, that could be the championship game. Why do we want to play now and mess it up? Because they're kind of, you know, they're the two with Villanova and, you know, Michigan, you know, right there. But uh, this is the first time now Kansas falling out of the out of the top 25. The first time since, like, 1952 that Kansas, Kentucky, North Carolina, and Duke, none of them, none of these teams are ranked. And and also one thing that I have heard talked about, and I don't know how in the world you would do this, the Big Ten, by the way, they are going to have their tournament. The men's and women's are both going to be in Indianapolis at uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. But they're talking about some of the conferences only sending the teams to the tournaments who need help. But I don't know how in the world you would do that. That would seem kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. It would be like the Big 12 not sending Baylor. But a team like, take Iowa State, for example, the Big 12, they want that conference tournament because yeah, if they could get lucky and win it, they they need it. Yeah, yeah, they're in last place right now. Yeah. Correct. So, okay. 
So, and also, while as we start the NBA, just to get it out of the way, Sean, uh, we we had a trade in the NBA with uh, Derek Rose, yes, right? Uh, Derek Rose, yes, Derek Rose, to uh, the Knicks for, for Dennis, Dennis Smith, Smith and, our and a second round draft pick. Yeah, in 2021. And the Knicks one, of course, uh, he, he, you know, what's his name? The coach of the Knicks? Uh, Tom, uh, Thibodeau. Tom uh, Thibodeau. Thibodeau wants him back. You know, they, they did well in Chicago, and he he wants him there. And the uh, Knicks are, as you'll see in the standings here in a minute, they're they're hanging in there. Okay. Yeah, the East, in, in the East, Philadelphia is at 17-7. and seven. They're in first place. Milwaukee, 16-8. and eight. Brooklyn, 14-11. and 11. Celtics, 14, uh, 10, yeah, 12-10. and 10. Indiana, 12-12. and 12. Charlotte twelve and thirteen. Atlanta's right now in seventh at eleven and twelve. Toronto eleven and thirteen. They've come up a little bit. They've gotten yeah. out of the doldrums there. The Knicks are at eleven and fourteen, and Cleveland ten and fifteen. Those would be the teams that would be uh, seven through ten. Would be let's see, uh, what Atlanta, uh, Toronto, the Knicks, and Cleveland would be in that play-in uh, thing if they do, you know, later on. Chicago at nine and fourteen, Miami nine and fourteen, Orlando nine and fifteen, Washington six and fifteen, and Detroit's in last at five and eighteen. In the West, we have Utah at nineteen and five. Not often you see Utah on top. Lakers are at nineteen and six, Clippers at seventeen and eight, Phoenix fourteen and nine, so they're maintaining. Remember, we had Memphis. Watch where they ended up. Just you lose a couple games. They were fourth, I think, last week. Watch yep. where they end up. Phoenix at fourteen and nine. San Antonio fourteen and ten. Portland twelve and ten is in sixth. Sacramento twelve and eleven is in seventh. Denver twelve and eleven in eighth. Golden State twelve and twelve in ninth. Houston eleven and twelve in tenth. Memphis went all the way down to nine and ten. So uh, yep. you know, just just shows you what can happen. So so let me find the playing uh, te- teams right now. Let's see, San Antonio, Portland. Okay, the play-ins would be Sacramento, Denver, Golden State, and Houston right now. Memphis 9 and 10, New Orleans 10 and 12, Dallas 11 and 14, Oklahoma City 10 and 13, and Minnesota 6 and 18. So there you go, and let me grab my little NBA schedule. for. We'll do, give you tonight and tomorrow night because I know people listen to the podcast at different times and give you a little help with it. Tuesday uh, on the 9th here, Brooklyn at Detroit, 7 p.m. We have the Knicks at Miami, 7.30 p.m. Uh, Houston at New Orleans, uh, 7.30 p.m., and that's on TNT. Golden State at San Antonio, 8.30 p.m. Uh, the Celtics are at Utah, 10 p.m. That's also on TNT. Orlando at Portland, 10 p.m. And let's see, Philadelphia at Sacramento, 10 p.m. Then Wednesday the 10th, we have Toronto at Washington, 7 p.m. Uh, Indiana, Indianapolis at Brooklyn, 7.30 p.m. Atlanta at Dallas, 7.30 p.m. That's on ESPN. Uh, New Orleans at Chicago, 8 p.m. Uh, Charlotte at Memphis, 8 p.m. Uh, Clippers are at Minnesota, 8 p.m. Uh, Cleveland at Denver, 9 p.m. Uh, Milwaukee at Phoenix, 10 p.m. And that, I think, is on ESPN. And I think we've got one more game tomorrow which is Oklahoma City at the Lakers, 10 p.m. And that is it for the NBA, uh, as far as I am aware. So any other NBA thoughts before we move on? Uh, no, no, I think that covers it. Okay, so I guess we can now go to the NHL. Robert, what is the COVID situation in the old NHL? Okay, uh, uh, let me see if I can do this in the correct order. Uh, Buffalo is still on COVID. New Jersey is still on COVID. 
uh, Colorado is supposed to be returning uh, shortly in Minnesota. But today I got a notification saying that the Blues and Coyotes are going to be playing seven consecutive games against each other. So I don't know if either the Blues or Coyotes were supposed to play either Colorado or Minnesota this week. But apparently Phoenix and St. Louis are going to finish their division series uh, with one another. So one of these teams, and I don't know which one it is, is, uh, you know, until until one of these teams are able to come back. So the Blues, and you're going to see the Blues and Coyotes basically playing a playoff series. Playoff. And they've already played two games so far, so I believe they have they'd five more then. left. They, yeah. they'd be, uh, uh, no, you play eight against eight. each team. Yeah. So yeah, they'll be playing six. So they're going to play at least six more. So, um, yeah. um, and today the the Flyers got added to the COVID list. So uh, I don't know how many Philadelphia games are going to be affected. Uh, they were supposed to play Washington tonight, right when we came on air, but that game has been, uh, you know, moved. Mm-hmm. So uh, watch out for if you're supposed to play the Flyers, you might be affected for the next couple of weeks or okay. uh, however long they're supposed I'm to be. Read, I'm going to read when we and get the Devils to it, I'm have read 19 tonight. people on their list. Yeah, Which the Devils one? do. Devils, yeah. Devils have Devils. 19. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm going to read the schedule, and Robert could pop in and tell me if a game's happening because I can't keep track of it because it's I getting, can't either. Getting crazy. <laughs> is there a thought? Is there a thought? Are they thinking that somehow it is more spreadable with hockey than any other sport? It doesn't make sense to me because you're so padded up and everything, but it just seems like it's it's spreading a lot uh, more there than anywhere I, I, else. Well, you know what they did in all the arenas, Chris? They took all uh, they took out all the glass that is behind the benches. Uh, well, since there's no crowds. They they've removed all the glass. So now, if a if a puck goes into the stands, it's a referee's judgment call whether it's the over the glass penalty or not. Right. Um, I I don't know. I I've never heard anybody from the NHL or anybody say whether it's more spreadable. But the NHL, especially with the Devils situation, they have 19 players yeah. on the list. Yeah, they're I can't, getting more I can't understand. They're getting more hammered than the NBA ever had. Yeah, I, well, I, and, and and they're as bad as baseball is what they yeah. are. You know? I re- I really don't know what's going on. I, I wish I had an answer for everybody. Yeah. No, because it doesn't make sense. Because I mean, uh, basketball would be the one that you'd expect. I, I see what Sean's saying. You're, you're, yeah. You know, just like okay, well, you can throw it in. I guess uh, they just had to uh, put the state wrestling in Iowa on pause, didn't they, Perry? No, no, not the state wrestling, but the Iowa Hawkeyes wrestling program is on pause. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Because of some problems at the University of Iowa, the state yeah. uh, wrestling tournament here starts next Thursday, and it will go on. The attendance will be 25%, which is 4,000 per session. And, uh, of course, wrestling is one of the safer sports because I know, Bill, you and I both did it, so uh, we could comment on it. Wrestling is one of the most safest sports there are because they sanitize and clean and everything anyway. So this, the cleaning and sanitizing and everything, it's nothing new to wrestling. And the NBA- would, you, would you agree with that, Bill? Okay, Where Bill. Go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you anyway, say? I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. There he oh, is. Go ahead, Bill. Say, hold, no. hold on, Chuck. Go ahead, Bill. What did you say? My my Twitter was coming in. I was just <laughs> saying that wrestling. This is all this stuff is nothing new to wrestling because they clean and sanitize all the time anyway. So wrestling would be one of the most prepared sports that there is for anything like this. You wouldn't think, but remember that body contact is so 
close. Yeah. Correct. Correct. But like I say, I, I think with all the cleaning and stuff they do, wrestling has had very little issue. Well, if they do a lot of all the testing, it should be good too. Of course, that'd be part of it. And that's what I'm saying. The NBA, who has the most contact, has really—I mean, they've had it, but yeah, nowhere near. Yeah, a couple near. weeks ago it was bad, but it settled down. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. No, nowhere near, and it's, it was bad, but nowhere near. Like well, the and, and remember the, the yeah. NHL is a contact sport, whether people yeah, want yeah. to realize that or not. It is, yeah, but, but the NHL has up. more contact than the NBA. You know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the with the NHL, you're padded up. You're more. Yeah. You know, NBA. yeah, but it's not. Yeah. I mean, you don't you don't get it from from body sweat or anything. It, it's it's all with the breathing, right? right. That's the only thing that matters. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Anyway, hold, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, Chris Pierre. If you want to go ahead and unmute yourself, we can get to you. Uh, you wanted to read the schedule, Chris? I, I no, I want to read the standings first. But oh, then I'll read standings. The okay, okay, hold okay. hold on, hold on, Pierre. You're going to be unmuted, but as soon as Chris gets this, we'll get we'll get right to you. Yeah, we'll do okay. the standings and the schedule, and then uh, Pierre is supposed to talk about hockey. No, I'm just kidding. He won't no. do that. Yes, he is. In, in, <laughs> yeah. in the East, the Bruins are in first place with 18. Philadelphia, 18. Washington, 15. The Islanders are 12, so they'd be in the playoffs at the moment. Pittsburgh, 11. New Jersey ten, Buffalo ten, and the Rangers ten. So the, you know they're all pretty. You know they're doing okay in that division. And uh, oh, by the way, Pittsburgh did hire a new GM today, but I didn't. I didn't get uh, who, what the name was. But as soon as I get that, I'll bring that next week. All right. In the North, aka the Canadian division, Toronto with twenty one. They got the most points in the league. They're, they're, hey, this might be their year finally. Montreal eighteen, Winnipeg fifteen, Edmonton fourteen. They'd be in the playoffs. Vancouver twelve. Calgary 11, Ottawa 5. Uh, in the Central Division, uh, t- which is central to nowhere, they have to go all over the place. Tampa Bay is 17. Of course, they're going to try to get back to the finals to keep up the way things have been going in that city. Co- Columbus 15, Florida 14, Carolina 14. They'd be in the playoffs. Well, Chicago's at 14 as well. Dallas 12, Nashville 10, Detroit 8. And in the West, we have St. Louis at 16, Golden Knights at 15, Colorado at 15, Arizona 13. Those would be your playoff teams. Anaheim 13, just outside. Minnesota 12, San Jose 9, and the Kings are 8. <clears throat> and for the oh, schedule, by the way, it, it's Ron Francis, Chris. That's oh, Ron Francis. Boy, yeah. he, it seems like he's been around forever, you know, yeah. a player and everything else. Yeah. He's played for the Whalers many, many years and yep. the GM for the Whalers as well. Yep. Okay, now this is the schedule that uh, I have, and I had to, and if I get the home and away wrong, I had to get it from XM, which meant that he gives them the opposite way that, you know, he gives the home team first. In order oh, to it's a disaster. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But anyway, I got what I got. All right, so theoretically at 6 o'clock, a game was going to be played Pittsburgh at New Jersey, but I'm sure that's not happening. Right? That's not happening. No. All right. How about 7 o'clock, Detroit and Florida? That's happening. All right. Edmonton and Ottawa also at seven. Yes, that's happening. Philadelphia, Washington, you said already wasn't nope. happening, correct? Yeah, that's not happening, and that was supposed to be a six o'clock start. So. Okay, well they had it at same had it at seven. Yeah, eight eight thirty, Chicago at Dallas. That's happening. Tampa, Tampa Bay at Nashville. That's happening. And at ten o'clock we have uh, San Jose at the Kings. Right, that's happening. Anaheim at the Vegas Golden Knights. And that's happening. And Winnipeg at Calgary. And that's happening. So. Wow, how about that? Okay, so there you go. So that's uh, – okay, go Real ahead. Quick, this, this kind of – all right. So now kind of tying the championship things to Tampa Bay. If Toronto makes it 
somehow in the NBA makes it to the finals, do they get to take credit as an, uh, Tampa Bay getting another championship? <laughs> the There'll be sports. an asterisk. The, yeah. the, that would be yeah. the Ford Frick solution. You put an asterisk in the. Yeah, in the well, let's hear from Pierre. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. They, actually, there's a couple more NHL notes before we okay. hear from Pierre. All right. Finish this off. Uh, we talked about the, uh, you know, you gave all the teams, but you the, the uh, one thing, Alex Ovechkin. Passed, oh yeah, uh, yep. He Mike passed Gardner Mike Gardner. Yep. For for and, goals, uh, Gardner at seven oh eight, and Ovechkin is now up to seven ten. He's seventh yeah. on the all time uh, goal goal scoring. And uh, next up on the list, Chris, for Bruins and Rangers fans, is Phil Esposito at seven seventeen. Okay. That's right. that's who he's after next. Okay. All right. So I guess we're ready for Pierre. Pierre, what's your hockey knowledge? <laughs> oh, I, nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I, think play, right. I, I think they play on ice, don't they? That's yeah, correct. Right. If they can work it out. Sometimes it starts to melt and it gets foggy. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Players are drunk. Yeah. <laughs> but, anyway, uh, what do you got for us, Pierre? Anyway, y'all were talking about wrestling a while ago. Uh, we had a tournament here in town uh, last week, a high school tournament where kids came in from all over the state, and they wound up with 102 cases of the virus. Wow. And they bought this fancy uh, machine, that ultraviolet light machine that they ran over the mat and everything that was supposed to kill it all, but they still came down with the cases. Okay. Yeah, crazy. Well, the way they do it, the way they do it here is you wrestle. If it's a tournament, you wrestle like a round, and then they stop, and then they clean the mats, they sanitize them, and everything. So they 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 make sure it's done well here. Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. All right. So I guess it's time for the poll question. Yes, it is. And the poll question where you can call in, download the Zoom app or dial 646-876-9923 and then hit code 287-723-4600, hit pound key twice. Poll question is best and worst trades in history for some of your teams. So we'll start off with you, Chris. Well, Babe Ruth was sold to the Yankees to produce <laughs> No No Nanette or something. I don't even know whether that's actually true. Nineteen twenty. Anyway, yep. Nineteen uh, nineteen uh, after yeah. the nineteen season. Uh-huh. So uh, there's that. Um, you know, I mean, and just thinking back, it's kind of hard. You know, the the Red Sox. Rick mentioned the one a couple of weeks ago that Danny Cater uh, for Sparky Lyle. Sparky Lyle went on to pitch another six great years or so for the Yankees, and Danny Cater did nothing with the Red Sox. So that that was not good. Yep. Um, so a real good trade for the Red Sox. I don't know. I'm, I'm not really thinking. You know, they've they've kind of had washes. They've had some controversial trades, like when they traded Ken Harrelson. They didn't want to report and all that other stuff. Patriots, a horrible trade was when they traded uh, Nick Bonacanti and they got Bo Bramlett, who I think was a linebacker, and Kim Hammond, who yes, he was a quarterback. A guy named Kim was the the quarterback. Uh, that was terrible. That that did not work out at all. That was uh, horrible. Great, great, great trades. I, I don't know. You know, I mean, that they probably made moved up and gotten some good draft choices and stuff like that. It's hard to remember football trades that that well unless it's something as disastrous as that. Basketball. I really don't remember bad, a bad trade with the Celtics. Oh, you know, Celtics. Uh, Chris, I know yeah. one for the way uh, it was good for the Celtics, but bad for yeah. the Warriors. Oh yes, yes. Well, yeah, yeah, you're the one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, uh, Joe Barry Carroll, uh, Joe Barely cares. Yes, 
Yeah. And, they, mm-hmm. they get, and we got Robert Parrish and the draft. And Kevin McHale take, out of the Kevin deal. Kevin McHale. Yep, yeah. that's right. No, that was fine. And you guys drafted uh, Joe Barry Carroll and, mm. and uh, or whatever. So that was yeah. that was a good one. Oh, they, they made a lot. Uh, they traded Cliff Hagen for Bill Russell because uh, Bill Russell was not going to be able to play in St. Louis because you couldn't have a black superstar in uh, St. Yeah. Louis. So uh, Red Auerbach took advantage of that situation. The Bruins, the best trade they ever made was was, was Chicago, and they traded you know Jill Marat and I don't know the, the goalie and uh, Norris, I think. And anyway, they got Esposito, Hodge, and Stanfield for us. That was uh, oh, and another bad and another bad Bruins trade. I I I have to do this, Chris. Yeah. Joe Thornton to the Sharks. Yes, yes, for, that was a terrible trade for yeah. three nobodies. That's you know? right. Don't even know who they got. So, um, yep. uh, Marty McSorley, uh, uh, oh, Wayne Marty Primo, and, er, and Wayne Primo, and I forget the third guy, but uh, yeah. Boston didn't get anything out of that yeah, deal McSorley, at all. Yeah, like the next year practically took somebody's head off or something. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. So, yeah, that was that was good. But, I mean, uh, the Celtics, I can't remember a bad trade. The Celtics, you know, there were bad oh. draft choices because Red Auerbach, like Belichick, yeah. was not the best – he didn't have much scouting, uh, you know, people. He would go on words, and he got some good words on people like uh, Tom Sanders and Casey Jones and people like that. But sometimes he took some people who never were anywhere near the NBA or shouldn't have been. But, uh, you know, Tom Boswell, what is it, Boswell, whatever his name was, you know, people like that that they tried to work in there. But, hey, you got uh, Maxwell. He he made – and the dra- best draft choice he ever made was Larry Bird, of course, the yep. early draft choice like mm-hmm. that. So, okay, I guess I'm through with the trades and drafts. No, I'm the Rick. Well – Chris, you know, the problem was Chris and I, both from Boston, we kind of have the same things. <laughs> uh, he took my oh. my hockey and my basketball. Good well, believe me, I'm going to mention those again, Rick. Cause... <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and baseball, of course, he mentioned Cater and Lyle. And the reason we keep bringing that up is because we had a huge argument the next yes, day after that trade. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I, it was a good deal. Yeah, and, and I thought it was a terrible trade. trade. Yeah. And um, – uh, a good trade for the I, – I, I assume it was a trade. I don't think it was a free agent thing. Um, and I don't remember who they traded, but they got um, David Ortiz from Minnesota. Uh, actually, he was claimed on waivers. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yep, that was, and, that was um, great. And football – well, you know you know my football you – know, I don't remember who, the, who was involved in the other side, but the worst trade uh, – the best trade for the Giants was when they got Targington. The worst trade was when they traded Targington. I, yeah, I think they got Norman Sneed back for him. Yeah, they, yeah, got they might have. Yeah, that was – oh, and that was a bad trade. Norm, Norm Sneed got traded – Sonny Jurgensen. The Redskins got – Jurgensen and Sneed went to the Eagles. And, uh, That's right, yeah. That, that yep. wasn't a good deal either. Everybody oh. was fascinated with Norm Sneed. Don't ask me why. He never did anything. No. Nope. <laughs> okay, who's next? Robert? Ah, uh, well, <laughs> uh I've I've helped these guys out because uh, they they mentioned I helped them mention both of the trades I was going to mention uh yeah. for the uh for the Sharks the, the best trade was Joe Thornton for uh, you know the three guys that I mentioned for uh, uh thank you Boston for wanting to give away a Hall of Famer. What can I say? <laughs> And but we returned the favor several years earlier when we gave them two yeah. Hall of Famers. Also, didn't uh, we give you, you guys Michael Michael Haynes, the Patriots that traded Michael Haynes to the Raiders, right? Yeah, that's right. Yep, that's yep. right. That, yeah. And Jim. Now Jim Plunkett was not from the uh, Patriots. That was uh, you know no. San Francisco. So that was a good deal. For, yeah. Yeah, well, we got no, we got Jim Plunkett on waivers. We oh, is that waivers too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> the Bay and Boston has had. Uh, 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 quite a history there. And as far as the A's, uh, well, uh, 
I would say one of the best trades is when we got Ricky Henderson back from the Yankees. Right. Cause we, we gave them like five minor leaguers and nobody turned out to do anything for them. A bad um, trade for the Red Sox, I think, was, was when they traded Carney Lansford to the A's for uh, Tony Armas. Oh, yeah. And now, oh, I like Tony, but uh, Carney did do a, a, good, a good job for us. And, and, of course, Carney won a batting title for you guys. I, I don't understand yep. why he wanted to give him away, but. I don't either. They wanted a guy who could strike out a lot, but try to try to hit home runs and hit about the 50 points less. And, you know, he did about yeah. 250 and strike out all the time. I don't know. Yeah, no, he he won a batting title for you guys, and I never could understand no, that. No, Armis was not one of my favorites. I know. Okay, so, uh, Perry. Who's next? Perry? Well, certainly mine would have to be the Cubs, <clears throat> because in a lot of ways we're a college area here in my part of the country, but for the Cubs, the worst, obviously, would have been Lou Brock for Bernie Brolio. Yeah, <laughs> that would have to be the worst, and probably one of the better ones would have to be acquiring Rick Sutcliffe in 84, um, and then, of course, Ryan Sandberg. They got him from the Phillies. I think the Phillies didn't think he was going to wind up doing anything, and he ended up being a Hall no. of Famer, so they did okay there, and I think for this Matthew Stafford trade for the Rams. I think that will be that one will do okay for the Rams. It should actually yeah. come to think of it with me and uh, you and Robert Perry uh, got the whole Dennis Eckersley thing because uh, Bill Buckner was traded here for Dennis Eckersley who went to the Cubs right. did nothing with the Cubs and then they traded them there we to go. the A's and then uh, he uh, you know and we we gave and we gave the we gave the Cubs three nobodies and uh, yeah. they did, they were, I, I am I am back where did my internet cut out. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Did you hear? Okay, so we were talking about Bill Buckner and Dennis Eckersley, and that was a good trade for the Red Sox because Eckersley yes, did nothing was. for the Cubs. But yeah. then, then they turned around and traded uh, Eckersley to the A's, and he turned uh, Larusa turned him into a, a great relief pitcher. And you guys got the three nobodies, I guess. Three nobodies. Did you get? Yeah. Did you get all of my? <clears throat> you yes, got the Ernie Brolio, yeah. yeah. and then yeah. the, the Rick yeah. Sutcliffe and the yeah. Ryan Sandberg. Yeah, yes. we got all that. that, and then we were okay. just talking about. The I just, I just making sure you yeah. got all the and the Matthew Stafford trade. I think for the Rams will end yeah. up being yeah. good. That's right. We got that too. Yep. Okay. Okay. All right. So, all right. Uh, Bill. Bill. All right. Here's let's see. Growing up, the Cincinnati Reds. The worst trade was the Frank Robinson trade. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. My goodness for Mill Pappas. All right. Yep. Um, one of the best trades the Reds made. Probably was the Tom Seaver trade. I would rate uh, that. What about the Joe Morgan trade, Bill? Well, yeah, you guys was, got him from Houston. That was another good one, too, for Liam yeah. May and um, Bobby. I mean, Bobby Helms. Tommy Helms. Tommy Helms, yeah. I'm playing Tommy music Helms. too long. But, yeah, that, that was a good one. One of the worst trades I remember as a Pacer fan was their trading of the first-round in 1978, the draft pick to the Celtics in 79, <laughs> 79, Larry Bird, of course. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, one of the bigger ones for the Colts that I remember, and it was a big trade at the time. You remember the Eric Dickerson trade? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. That was one of the, and it actually worked out for the Colts for two or yeah. three, four four years yeah. and when mm-hmm. they traded up and got the first round draft choice from Atlanta and got some quarterback by the name of Jeff George who was a hometown yeah. favorite that well, lasted. hey Bill don't feel bad Jeff George came to the Raiders after that and didn't do much better right. yeah, we were sad and you know, and you know sadly and you know sadly Chris Jeff George was a 
a pretty decent quarterback when he played in college at Illinois. <laughs> well, he sure didn't yeah. get it done in the NFL. That's no, he sure did not. He did not. No. It's like it's like when you think back at some of the things that people thought about, like Drew Bledsoe would uh, compared to Rick Myra. Remember that? Oh well, yeah. Who should you take, oh. Bledsoe or Myra? Oh boy, that was. Well, easy hey, hey remember out. the de- remember the debate in '98? Who, who would you rather have, Peyton Manning or Ryan Leaf? Yeah. Oh, that right. was a debate. Oh, yeah. But, uh, oh, okay. There's one. You got, any, you got any more, Bill? No, that's it. All right, yep. Sean. All right. All right, well. Jamal, J- um, hold, hold on, hold on. Jamal, if you want to start unmuting yourself, you'll go after Sean. Yeah. Yep. All right. I think the Loop Rock trade was a pretty good trade there. <laughs> you, want, you, of course, trade. would think that. <laughs> I can't think of any bad, bad trades with Cardinals. I mean, there's been some, but nothing really just bad. They've made some bad decisions when they've had players, but uh, they're really bad. Just like with the Oilers. I mean, nothing really bad. Yeah, they traded Earl Campbell, but it was the end of his career. They reunited him with, with Bum Phillips. It was kind of, you know, that was kind of. But now going on to the Spurs, there's been a few things here. George Gervin. For David Greenwood, okay, George Gervin was up in, in up in years, yes, but David Greenwood was, yeah. I mean, you're gonna he, he didn't do that. anything. And that that was the year that George that Michael Jordan got hurt his second year, and Gervin actually did pretty good with Chicago. That was the year that San Antonio Chicago had swapped a bunch of players. You had Gene Banks for Steve Johnson. Uh, of course, John Sunbold had been traded. I think for West Matthews. Uh, then Gilmore was on the Spurs still because a couple years earlier they had traded him for Overding and Corzine and then Gervin for Greenwood. So you had like, all, it was Stan Albeck was coaching the Bulls and Cotton Fitzsimmons was coaching the Spurs and all this other. And then another bad trade, I think, was Sean Elliott for Dennis Rodman. Because <laughs> yeah. Rodman and Robinson was not. But then a good trade the next year, they were able to get Sean Elliott back from Detroit for a draft pick, Bill Curley. And then another good trade oh, for BC the Spurs, guy. I think. Was, early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then another good one for the Spurs, I think, is George Hill for Kawhi Leonard. Now, later on, Kawhi Leonard, we all know what he did, turned into a turd, but hey, right. another story. But, you yeah, know, I mean, you know what, though, Sean? The- I think the Cardinals are also going to make a, a good one with this Arenado trade from the Rockies because yeah, they got a steal. A they they stole him from the Rockies. <laughs> yeah. Okay, they, uh, let's be honest, uh, yeah. Perry. No, they didn't give Colorado anything. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, all right, go ahead, Jamal. Okay, I got a few trades here as I was thinking. First of all, on the Chicago Bulls side, Good trade. Uh, the draft day in 1985, not 84, 85, Charles Oakley to the Bulls for Keith Lee to the Cleveland. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then two years later, the the Bulls just absolutely fleeced the Seattle Supersonics by sending, drafting into the only Polonies who turned out to be a stiff to Seattle for – Scotty Pippen, who of course helped the Bulls win six titles and ended up in the Hall of Fame. That's right. right. Now, yeah. Now, as for the, as for the Chicago White Sox, <laughs> I was thinking about these moves. Okay, a good trade: Harold Baines and Scott Fletcher for Edwin Correa, Wilson Alvarez, and Sammy Sosa. That turned out to be a good trade overall. Mm-hmm. I was upset about it at first, but then those guys developed. Then, 
a bad trade was when they traded Sammy Sosa to the Cubs for George Bell. Then, yeah. but you made but you made later, up for that. You made up for that Jamal when you got uh, Cease and those guys. Yeah. Then, uh, then they were, then they traded. Then they made a trade Matt Karchner several years later to the the Cubs for John Garland, who was a starting pitcher on the 2005 World Series. Uh-huh. And then, of course, you, and then of course you had the Dylan Cease, uh, and to the Sox trade. And now to now uh, to the Chicago Cubs. Whether now the the card the Sutcliffe trade was pretty good. I still wonder if they could have just gotten Sutcliffe without throwing in Joe Carter, who turned out to be a very good player. But a, a horrific trade that the Cubs made. Uh, the, 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 the fiasco to the Boston Red Sox when they shipped away Lee Arthur Smith. They got. Three stumble bumps. Al Nipper, who we get through, all of us on this conference is so harder than Al Nipper. <laughs> Calvin Chiraldi. Right. And some other stumble bumps. And then they turned around and traded uh, Dennis Eckersley a year later. And Eckersley ended up being. Well, Eckersley was before. Oh, when, when they traded him to the yeah. A's. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Next yeah. Oh, yeah. Jamal, Jamal somebody's, call, somebody's calling in. They want to re- they want to take some of these trades back from, with you. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> well, 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 oh well. But and then also on the Eckersley trade, another thing about the Eckersley trade, one of the guys the Cubs got back ended up being later a scout for the White Sox who got arrested and charged for a scandal with foreign players. And yeah, Broadway. I know. I yeah. So yeah. I, I, what about the Bears, Jamal? Okay. Well, you, you've been talking about this every week for about two years, this Trubisky thing moving up to take Trubisky. Right? <laughs> yeah. We've already well, been talking would, about that. Well, I would say I would say so. Uh, the Rick Myrer trade, as believe in 1997, for the fourth, they traded the fourth pick in the draft to the Seahawks to arrest to get former Northern quarterback Rick Myrer. I think that fourth pick in that draft – if I'm not mistaken, it turned out to be Walter Jones. Yeah, I believe he did, and yeah. of course he's and, in the Hall of Famer. And he's, and he's in Ken. Yeah. You know, so the Bears, you're in the way of potential Hall of Fame offensive tackle for a quarterback. I didn't like Rick Meyer and Notre Dame, and he turned out to be a stubborn woman in the NFL. No, and if it was and that was, late, that was about four years after he'd been kicking around after Bledsoe had done, already done much better than he had, so you would think nobody right. really want him. And of course, one of the best trade, one of the best trades for the Bears, Jamal. You got Clemil, uh, Clemil uh, Mack from the Raiders. So Khalil yeah, Mack, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but you guys still got some valuable draft capital. Oh, well, and we haven't done a damn thing so. with any of those players. <laughs> yeah, but so yeah, there's or, or a Robert a darn thing. Yeah, well, that's oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so my so bad. Okay. Mixed bag, mixed bag trades. For the, for some of the uh, Chicago teams, I could uh, that I could that I could think of. Okay. Well, especially in the NFL, it's hard because when you say you yeah, trade to get a draft choice in the NFL, but then who who are you going to draft with that draft choice? And that depends on your yeah. general manager. You know, in basketball, they, they draft a guy for you, and then you get traded, so you know what you're going to get. The basketball ones are a lot easier to. Uh, you know, understand right, right, right off the bat. Well, well, yeah, Ray Allen, for example, the Celtics uh-huh. got Ray Allen that on draft night from the uh, uh, from Seattle for um, 
oh, man, which green was it? Jeff Green, right? Yeah. Jeff Green. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Green. So, you know, you, that was one of those draft them for you and then we'll trade them to you things. And, uh, yeah. you know, that's what happened there. So, uh, you know, you can see those. The NFL ones, you give some, give a team a draft choice, you give some people all the draft choices in the world, they're going to screw them up. <laughs> oh, another bad trade the Raiders made, Chris, uh, they traded John Gruden to Tampa Bay for four draft picks and we didn't get anything <laughs> out of those either. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And then you and then you brought him back. You want to get rid of him? I uh, yeah yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, speaking we of getting rid of though, we have reached a solemn point in the show, Chris, and that is yeah. so yes, that sir, is because we have here. no more hands. So that means no more hands. Yeah, they have no hands. Tell us who is no longer right. with See, us. That, we try to encourage people to call because if you don't, you get death. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, so we have uh, Wayne Terwilliger, ninety-five years old. He started out with second baseman. Started out with the Cubs. From 49 through 51, then the Brooklyn Dodgers also in 51, Washington, 53 and 54. I don't know if he went to the minors or into the service or where he was in 52. Giants, uh, 55 and 56. And again, I don't know what happened in 57 and 58. Kansas City, 59 and 60. And then only two games for the A's in 60. Then uh, he played in two, uh, 666 games. He had 240. He had, uh, let's see, 501 hits. 20, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, 501 hits and uh, 162 RBIs, 22 home runs. And then he started his managerial and coaching career in the minors. He was a manager of the minor league system for the Yankees in 61, Washington manager in the minor league 63 through 68, the Washington third base coach. And this would have been with Ted Williams. Yeah, in, in 69. 69 yeah. through 71. And then Texas with Ted in 72. Mm-hmm. Then Houston minor league manager 73. And then a Texas minor league manager, 75 through 80. Texas first base coach, 81 through 85. Minnesota first base coach, excuse me, 86 through 94. That would be with um, the Twins manager that won both of the World Series, Tom Uh, Kelly. Tom Kelly, right. And so they won the World Series in 87 and 91. And then he was an independent league manager from 95 through 2010. And uh, let's see, he died of dementia and bladder cancer. Then Bob McAllister. 86 years old, PGA player. He was an All-American at uh, USC from 56 through 58. If I don't say USA, David won't give me any more. <laughs> I can't say Southern Cal anymore. And you still hear that on national TV. Some people will sometimes say it, but boy, it makes people in Los Angeles mad. Oh, yes, it does. Uh, oh, John yeah, used to. Yeah, John was crazy. But okay, so uh, he then went pro in 59, and uh, he only had two PGA wins, one in 61 and 64. And his best major was he tied for uh, the PGA for eighth in uh, 65. And then, then he never went to the British Open. Then he retired with arthritis in 69. But he came back to the senior tour from 84 through 87 and played in 16 events. And, uh, but then he was uh, a, a pro in uh, many clubs uh, over the years. And he uh, died of Parkinson's disease. We then go to Tony Traber. 90 years old. Uh, he was number one in tennis in 53 and 55. He had uh, 10 Grand Slam events, five singles and five doubles. Uh, and uh, played at the University of Cincinnati, not exactly a uh, tennis hotbed, but no. he played tennis there and he was a basketball player. And, uh, you know, that you expect at Cincinnati. Uh, let's see. And then, uh, let's see, won the uh, singles uh, tennis championship in uh, the NCAA in 51. And then in 55, he had a great year. <clears throat> he was 106 wins and seven losses. Uh, he won 38 
in a row. He had uh, 18, 18 tournament wins, and he won three of the four majors, and he lost the Australian o- Open as the only one he lost. And he was a Davis Cup team for five times and the captain of the Davis Cup team in 76 through 80. And then uh, his record overall was 790 and 413, 56 tournament wins, and he made the Tennis Hall of Fame in 1970. And he's 33-career career with CBS from 71 through 04 with tennis and golf. And he, uh, and he was usually working with Pat Summerall. Yep. And let's see. So that's it for uh, Tony Trabert. And the yeah. Australian Open is going as we speak, people. So uh, we'll, yeah, we'll have yeah. future we'll have future updates on that in future shows. Yes, because we will not give them to you until they happen. We're that way. Yeah. Jim uh, Weatherly is uh, seventy was seventy seven years old. He was the old Miss backup quarterback in sixty two when they went undefeated. And if I remember that quarterback that uh, quarterbacked them that year was Glenn Griffin, who later went to the Giants and mm-hmm. did nothing. Then uh, he was the starting quarterback in sixty three and sixty four. And then he, he wrote a whole bunch of songs. He left uh, pro football. I mean, never went to pro football. He left college, and he wrote Midnight Train to Georgia by uh, Gladys Knight. Uh, he wrote songs for Glenn Campbell, Kenny Rogers, the Neil Diamond, which is funny because he usually writes his own, uh, Garth Brooks, uh, Tony, Tony Chesney. Uh, Kenny, Chesney. Kenny Chesney. Kenny Chesney. Yeah. And then uh, that's what happens if I don't write down first names for these people. And yeah. then Brenda Lee. His biggest hit in the and which I do not remember is the need to be and it became number eleven in on the charts in seventy four and I'll still love you was the number nine hit in seventy five country hit so made a good uh, living and I heard him uh, singing on uh, the ride radio played some of his stuff and uh, sounded pretty good Charlie Kruger defensive tackle eighty four years old all American at Texas A and M and he was then he was drafted picked eighth in the fifty eight draft by the forty niners, played for the forty niners from fifty nine through seventy three, Pro Bowl in sixty and sixty four. He had seventy uh uh let's see let's see what let's see. okay, oh his number seventy was retired by San Francisco and he's in their Hall of Fame and one interception and seven fumble recoveries and one touchdown on a recovery. And then uh and he got Three safeties. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, two, he sued the 49ers and won $2.3 million because he, uh, in 88, because of uh, knee problems, he had uh, been, and he had chronic chronic pain after that. And then uh, they uh, apparently had misdiagnosed or, well, they didn't really care. I mean, they made these guys get out there and play and just shot him up. So he ended up dying of heart and kidney uh, uh, disease, and uh, he was in the college football team, uh, uh, Hall of Fame, and in the uh, uh, Hall of Fame for the pros. I think in '82 he made, uh, and then actually that might have been the 49er Hall of Fame in '82. No, it was the 49er Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Josh Evans, defensive tackle, 48 years old, played for the Houston Oilers slash Tennessee Titans from '95 through '01, and then the Jets in '02 and '0 through '04. Suspended in 2000 because of substance abuse, which means uh, that would have been the uh, no. I guess he was that was a year after the Super Bowl. You know, they made yeah, the Super Bowl. Sure. The 99 yeah. 2000 team made it, yeah. so he was on that team. And then uh, five fumble recoveries, and let's see, he had uh, 2.5. Uh, oh, that can't be right. 2.5 sacks. That's more than that. No. And uh, anyway, and he uh, died of kidney cancer. I got the number of sacks wrong. Then we have. Uh, 
Leon Spinks, and you can talk about this, Robert. I'll give yes. you what I got. And you can, 67 years old, on February 15th and 78, he beat Muhammad Ali to win the heavyweight championship. Then he lost to Ali on May, uh, September 15th, uh, September 78. 15th, yeah. Yeah, in the uh, Superdome. On a T, uh, I think that was on uh, unanimous decision. That's correct. And then he was 178 and seven. It looks like here, 133 knockouts. And that then, was in his amateur career. Yes. Oh, that was the amateur. Yeah. Then he was was a light heavyweight in the 76 Olympics and won the gold. Yeah. And that, then that was in Montreal. Yeah, the and, 76 and 84 teams have been our two best boxing teams that uh, both the U.S. Is, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, he turned pro one fifteen seventy seven, and then uh, the last fight he pro fight he had was twelve oh four ninety five, and lost to Larry Holmes on uh, June twelfth of eighty one. Right, and, and then he went to he won some cruiserweight titles, and and then yes. uh, and at ten thirty one eighty two he did that. So I guess it kind of, at this point it gets a little confusing, but he kind of bounced around from division to division apparently. Yes, he huh? did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he's a guy, unfortunately, that did not take very good care of his money. Um, and uh, that's why some of these guys stick around for as long as they have. If they get bad financial advisors, especially in boxing, it, you can get pretty ripped off pretty easily. So you know. Even guys like Joe Lewis uh, had that problem. I mean, yeah. really, in the old days, I think things are better for them now yeah. if they get some money and they've got more. I think there's people a little more scrupulous uh, around them these days. And yeah. people... You know, the real change in that was somebody like Bob Wolf as an agent who really was the first person to really take the athletes into account. And he said, I won't even sign you unless you save X amount of percent of your money, 20 percent or whatever. He said, put it aside. Absolutely. I won't even sign yeah. you. So, mm-hmm. you know, that that's the kind of thing that agents have started to do. Some still are unscrupulous, you know, yes. Gallon Eaglesons of the world. But oh, yeah. there, there are certainly uh, guys who are. OK, yes. then we have Lou Hill, 56 years old, the head of Texas Rio Grande uh, Valley. Valley. So, yes, there you go. Used and to be had, Texas Pan American, and they had changed their name. They're way down the valley. Hey, I must be. Uh, he had a head coach from uh, 2016 until now, and longtime assistant. Uh, with uh, and first he was in uh, high school in Wichita. Then uh, let's see, from 89 through 90, then South Alabama 90 through 92, uh, Southeast Missouri 92 through 94, East Carolina 94 through 98. Uh, and then A and M, Texas A and M, ninety-eight to 04, UNLV O four to eleven, Oklahoma eleven through sixteen. Then he got his head coaching job uh, there at, uh, at the, the college. There he was fifty-nine and seventy-three. Uh, let's see, and I think he. Let's see, I'm looking at this. Uh, okay, and he may have died of COVID nineteen. They're not sure, but uh, he was pretty young too. Yeah, uh, Ralph Backstrom. Center, 83 years old. For uh, he was a junior hockey player from 54 through 58, and then came right to the Montreal Canadiens, 58 through 71. The Kings from 71 through 73. The Blackhawks, 16 games in 73. Then he went to the WHA Chicago Cougars, 73 through 75, and then Denver slash Ottawa in the WHA, 75 through 76. Then came to the Whalers in the WHA, 76 through 77. He won the Calder Cup for Rookie of the Year in 59, six All-Star appearances and six Cups with the Canadiens, 59, 60, 65, 66, 68, and 69. And then uh, he in 1,032 games, he had 278 goals, 361 assists for, six assists for 639 points, 
234 playoff games. Uh, and uh, let's see. Uh, eight, let's say I'm looking here. Oh, WHA, he had 85 goals. Oh, I'm, I've got the WHA statistics kind of messed up here. Okay. And then he was the Denver uh, head coach from, uh, oh, he's a 81 through 90, uh, through 90, not the Denver. Oh, in the WHA, I guess. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. That, and then, uh, oh, the University of Denver. That's what it was. And then he took them to the yeah. Frozen Four in 86. There we go. Okay. And he was 182, 174, and 14 with Denver. And then the head of the IHL uh, Phoenix team from 90 through 92, and the scout for St. Louis, 99 through 02. And then, uh, and let's see, uh, Colorado Eagles owner of the Central Hockey League, and he died of an undisclosed illness. And the last one that just snuck in under the wire that we did get, Pedro Gomez, 58 years old, sudden death on uh, this past Sunday, an ESPN reporter from 03 until now, and a writer from 85 through 03, and boxing and baseball, and he was based out of Miami, and uh, I yeah, guess he was a pretty he good was, reporter. He, and he was, was a Cuban, uh, Cuban, Cuban yeah, American. Yeah, his parent, well, his parents were Cuban immigrants, and he was technically he was conceived in Cuba, but he was born here. And uh, he went back when they played the baseball game in Cuba, and took his parents' ashes and sprinkled them back in Cuba for them. And he wrote the Miami Herald, the San Diego Union. Uh, it was Sacramento B. Sacramento B. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sacramento B. Very nice, likable guy. I mean, different people I heard talk about him on our show. Bucky and Aaron talked about interviewing him when they were in Phoenix uh, at the Super Bowl and all that. Talk. And then Gene Watson, special assistant for the Angels, who, you know, from here, Craig Way had him on. And he was just, he said, man, what are the, I mean, they were really close friends. And every everybody liked him. He didn't, yeah. you know, he could just, he was one of those old school, one of those baseball writers who just got like a Jeff Passan type now, you know, he's kind of, our baseball writers that could just get it, yeah. And a lot of the uh, Hispanics, uh, you know, players, they gravitated to him because he could speak their language. Right. So, yeah. you know. So that's, that's good. So, yeah. And then we will have more, I'm sure, next week on Marty Schottenheimer. We'll get the statistics yeah. on him and his coaching career and his yeah. uh, NFL playing career as well. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah. I guess that's about it. That is, I Sean. Why don't you wrap it up? All right, done. well, folks, we want to thank you all for tuning in. And, hey, we're in the non-football season, but don't worry. We still have stuff next week, so you can come back and check us out. Or you can tell your friends to listen to this week by downloading the podcast at legendoldies.com. Type in Sports Lounge Live in your podcatcher and have it delivered as soon as it's posted. Or tell your smart device to play uh, Sports Lounge Live from Apple Podcast. Or go to 773-572-3006, option number nine. That will get you there. And until next week, hey, we will all see you later.